it's dive time for round nine. How are you, Mr. Smith? Good, Trent, mate. How are you? Good to catch up. Very We've both good. been both hectic. been flat chat, hectic town for this weekend, so it'll be nice to actually catch up for a few hours. And get diving into the thing we love, which is AFL footy. Chat footy, that's it. So Lots to chat about. Lots to talk about. Weird old rounds. So we had a Very. quite a few blowouts. Um, the China game was the, the China game. Um, we Sydney won at home, which was good. That yeah, was a couple nice of things see. are a uh, bit askew. Um, Brisbane got their first win for the season. Yep, and Richmond are uh, not the lit off sort of team that people have been saying that they definitely are. And no, this was my marker. So, and there might be a um, might be a little bit of life over at Windy Hill. Possibly, hopefully, because it's not, it's not good seeing them just no, completely... No, uh... there's a few other teams that have been dismal. We don't need them to continue their dismal no, season. So that's it. No, the ladder's definitely taking shape, and the season's really starting to take form. And I thought a bit about maybe we the, whether we want to do an overall game chat early on, but I think the, the games are going to pretty much bring up a lot of what we want to talk about anyway. So Yeah, I think so. We'll do a quick shout-out to Hopster Home. So, massive shout-out to Hopster Home. So, they're our sponsor. So, if you listen to this for the first time... Hopster Home is a craft beer delivery service. So you sign up and they deliver you either a 10-pack or they've got a bigger pack as well per month. You get some really, really interesting craft beers through there. Fresh canned beers. They've got a really nice range. So there's some smaller breweries, some bigger breweries. And you get a really good sort of curated selection. So yeah. IPAs, pale ales, red ales, stuff from all over the place. Victoria, Very Queensland, WA, everywhere. So definitely check them out. Hopsterhome.com.au. They're really good sponsors of ours. And they definitely you know, help us and keep this podcast going. So definitely check them out. Why don't we move into the first game? So first game, Adelaide and the Dogs over in Adelaide Oval, 63-26. to 26. The Crows won by 37 points, so 9-9 to 214. Yeah, so 214. You're not going to win games of football kicking like that. And, no. Um, to only get 26 points. I know the conditions weren't... Well, they were horrendous. That was the first thing to say off the top. Yeah, but I mean, Adelaide obviously adjusted... Much better to the conditions. And, um, well, they kicked at 50%. 9-9 nine, yeah, nine in those conditions is actually really very good. Very good, yeah, absolutely. Eddie so. Betts was clean, like which is incredible. It shows that, that he's clearly coming back from the, the issues that he's had earlier Certainly. in the year. He looks great. Looks really good. Um, but let's We'll start with the winner, as we usually do. So, I mean, Adelaide, this, this wasn't a great game. I don't think we're going to spend too much time going into this game. I, I thought, you know, consistently they pushed for metres really well, the Crows. And that's what you do in this sort of game. They really played wet weather football well. And that's really where the game was on. The dogs played dry football half the time. And it just, you can't, can't, can't do, that do that in yeah. a game like that. So, Not at all. I mean, looking through it, there, there were some solid performers. I mean, Betts really clearly stood out, I thought, as one of the best on the day. Um, you know, Adelaide is still winning games without a lot of their stars, which is great. And who are their stars at the moment within Adelaide? And that's, that's a good thing that people are asking those questions because they yeah, seem to have become a lot more balanced now don't they well that's a good thing I mean, you know Betts obviously as I said before with the four goals is, was really really impressive um, I thought Laird was quite good on the night as well Gibbs did what he had to do this was a, in a seedsman as well yeah. he kicked the two points could easily have gotten those two goals so this is very much a you know I know it's, it's a cliche but this was very much did what they had to do had to do yeah sort of game you know it was really really poor conditions and and Adelaide, I think, really, really just pushed along. They pushed for metres, the you know, 232 tackles, and they just really, really held it so well throughout the night. Um, 
I mean, look, yeah, this this is not was not a great game to watch. The, it rained heavily throughout the whole day, and it was raining really heavily in the morning, morning and then through the game. So the ground just didn't have a chance to to drain at all. It was just really, really, really difficult to play on. So um, contested possessions two thirteen to one ninety three. So Adelaide clear ahead there, uh, uncontested one hundred and thirteen to one hundred and seventy seven. Dogs actually won the uncontested. The funny thing with this game, and if you look at the overall scores, you think, oh, well, Adelaide smashed them on the night. I actually thought for the first quarter, and even for the first half to some degree, the Dogs actually did have some control. They just weren't able to convert. That's the thing. Like They they had some control, but they just weren't able to get much on the scoreboard. And when you're not applying that pressure, and that's how they're able to get... You know, fourteen points in the end, just just too much. You know, so yeah. yeah, it's not was not a great watch. You know, two goals from a team is is obviously very poor. Um, you know, clearances. Adelaide won the clearances. No winning in the middle, fifty three to thirty five. Tackles inside 50, 21 to 17. But, you know, overall tackles, 114 to 118 is a lot of tackles to see in a game. That's a huge amount. It's yeah. massive, yeah. So it shows the sort of game, if you didn't see this game, it, it just that stat alone shows the sort of game that it was. It was a lot of scrums and it was just really, really yeah. tight contest. And, you know, some of the cleanliness of your Gibbses and people like that just to get the ball Get out. the ball moving just, just that it is. It's it you almost have to go in with a um, different a mindset, rug, a rugby mindset, and it's yeah. about just getting that yardage and, and getting it like forward that. like the chance, uh, mm. give them as chances as they can. Yeah, and I mean, you look at the inside fifty efficiencies. You can't read too much into the stats, and you know this is why we probably won't go into this game too much. But even the stats don't really tell the story. Like inside, well, it doesn't it doesn't? I mean, inside fifties efficiency, thirty eight versus thirty one. You think, Jesus, they were both really terrible on the night, but the conditions were horrific. Horrific, yeah. So you're going to get those sort of percentages on on a night like that. So you know, dogs thirteen percent shooting accuracy. So two yeah, goals to two fourteen points. is is pretty poor. And as I said, fifty percent. Even if so, you can. For half of those points, that's another. It becomes a very. It's a line ball game then. It's yeah. nine goals apiece, and it's well, just a matter of. So, yeah. and I'll just have a look at some yeah. of the stats here. I mean, obviously, no, no. Uh, we've talked him up almost every week, but McRae goes about his business again. Grabs over thirty possessions, had thirteen daggles, yeah, um, and probably will jag a, a vote in the Brownlow for that. Yeah, effort, you would think so. Because it's around about, but nothing else. Like it's can't rely on the one player all the time but no. um, yeah accuracy in front of goal going back to that point is decimating teams too con- constantly now um, and uh, something needs to be said about it in the in the backyard by the, the coaching staff and whoever else is in these teams because you'd, you'd be gutted as a coach to see that you had time and Enough of the ball to kick a score. Even a competitive score would have been better than going down by almost 50 points. Yeah, and I, the biggest concern was for me throughout, in terms of the dogs, you know, throughout the game, to not be able to change to a wet weather game, game was, yeah. was massively concerning because we, we were speaking about it earlier off air. But, I mean, the reality is if you're... You know, the, the coaches would have had so many glaring stats within their box that clearly showed that they need to switch things around. Dogs were over handballing, which really, really didn't help. And the Crows were applying a lot of, you know, very wet weather sort of angle kicks, which helped lock it in and created another contest. So, so, no. so quick question for you. Yeah. Um, and you touched on it a little while ago. Um, do you think because of the analysis, the over-analysis in some people's opinion around games of football done by the coaching staff and whatnot with players, yeah. the players now are too scared to go against uh, the team's structure even though you, 
things like weather dictate that they yeah. should be changing the, like has their instincts to play the game in different conditions changed too much because Look, that's think, what it sounds like especially this game I'm not saying overall but just in this game no no yeah, yeah possibly I mean the dogs did not look like they knew and the, the reality is I don't want to go too hard into them because it was a game where there was so much youth throughout that team mm. and there were so many kids that clearly it's going to take time but they must have played you know at lower levels in the wet but you know the dogs play a lot of game, games at Etihad as well so it's a, it's one of those things where I, I but throughout the whole game I mean the first half they were pretty competitive they just weren't converting but then in the second half they really really needed to switch and you know apply a different game style but they just weren't able to do that a few players got better at it but vast majority of them didn't it's funny though because you talk about conditions in that Ballarat game. Yeah, the dogs adjusted to the wind better than the Suns did. But then in this game, you know, the Crows were much more much. proficient at it. And I don't know, maybe they, maybe they um, had the sprinklers going. You know, earlier in the week, the Crows and and, got and just to, got used to playing. Yeah, it. maybe it was predicted to be very terrible, so it wasn't like it came completely out of the blue. Um, but yeah, look, there's not too much more we can go into it. I thought that moment where that fan leant over the fence and slapped um, Easterwood on the arse. I thought that was pretty poor. Like, I mean, we've said it a bunch of times. There was another conversation we had we ended up having to What's cut wrong it with out. These uh, yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's, I just don't understand. Like, just don't do it. It just seems pretty, it. pretty just simple like, to just me. Just like players not touching up eyes. Don't do it. It seems really simple. I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought. Um, but anyway, look, the great effort by the, the SA fans as well. I think the crowd was around, I don't know the exact number, but it was a slightly over 40,000, which is outstanding. And yeah, what was outrageously poor conditions. conditions and we'll get... talk about crowds in, uh, throughout this episode. But um, yeah, look, if you didn't see this game, the dogs actually weren't that bad. You know, two goals, 14 sounds horrific, but they actually were quite competitive through the first half. But look, the conditions were horrendous and there's really not too much more we can take out of this. The the depth of the Crows is still holding up mm-hmm. and that's great to see. But look, it's a long season for, for the Dogs, I still think as well. I'm not confident that this is going to turn around after that abysmal start. Um, I, I think they're going to definitely win some games and, and get close to finals, but I, I think they're going to just miss out. Yep. I think for me, there's just too much yeah. um, inexperience through the team and I just think there's too many teams in that midpoint that are going to be slightly better but who knows yeah. they could they could learn throughout the year and as they did you know they clearly weren't the best team in, in 2016 and then no. they won the flag I'm not saying that that's going to happen but at the same time teams can change throughout the year oh yeah as we have like the ladder looks very different two weeks ago to yeah, what it does totally. now so it still is well, it's round nine, so it's still relatively early into the season. Um, they're not without a chance in the top eight, but I think more no, no, importantly, no. Crows are definitely top four. Oh, without a doubt. And yeah. I think, look, the, the reality is that the Crows are going to be right up there, and they're doing this without so many players now. Like, you look at some of their injuries, and it it's amazing. This team has so, yeah. so, so many people when, out. When you consider in sort of similar veins, um, GWS and Collingwood have got Injuries. The same type of amount of injuries yeah. to very key personnel, <clears throat> and they're up and down, having an up and down season. Whereas yeah. Adelaide have been a fairly up season so far, and the games that they're they're winning, they're not doing it by a few points. They're winning no, pretty, no, pretty yeah. handsomely. So yeah, it's, look good. They're they're looking good. They, they look good. Yeah, look another win at home is going to help potentially back into the year. They might look at it and think that was a great game that we toughed out. 
But on paper, it, it was not a very good game. I mean, no. for their season overall, it might look good. But even Crows fans would have looked at that game and thought this wasn't particularly great. So no, not at all. I think we'll leave it there. Yeah. Next game down in Tasmania, North Melbourne beat the GWS Giants 112-69. to So North won by 43 points. This was a good game, actually. I heard a few people saying this was not a great game. I actually really enjoyed it. I watched most of this. So seventeen ten to nine fifteen. Yeah. So they. I mean, I was listening to it on the radio, uh, so I didn't see it, and it was very competitive right up until about halfway through the third quarter, and that's basically Ben Brown just took over. Well, he, he did a and, Robbie Gray, and, yeah, and, and just amazing. And then, and then that was it. Uh, the rest of the team lifted, and um, obviously another key injury, or another hamstring injury, I should say, to. Forgotten the guy's name, but another GWS um, mid went down. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll go through that in the preview. Yeah. So that doesn't help when you've got um, a team starting to get some scoreboard pressure on. Then you lose a player, so your rotations are down. It's late in the game. Tazzy would have been cold, and you'd probably want to move the rotations Well, the conditions were poor as well. We had a lot of games this week where the conditions weren't exactly Yeah, great. very very old school winter, winter sort, sort of football. But look, it's become a... And it's a cliche now, and everyone's saying it. it's a fortress down there for for North now. It's a it's a home home ground advantage. Home for away them. from yeah, home. They yeah, they love it down there. So good on them. So, so going into that, so they've won now twelve out of the last fourteen in Tasmania. Yeah. So and that player was uh, Reed as well. So oh, Reed. We'll, we'll go yeah. into him in the preview because it sounds like he's not playing. Well, he's definitely not going to play. Yeah, and just so. while we're in that this little interlude, mm. it surprises me that neither Hawthorne, North Melbourne, or AFL haven't come together and have made a Tassie Derby type scenario where they play each other twice every year. Yeah, that's year. true. Uh, one up in Lonnie, one up in uh, one Hobart. in Hobart. Yeah, mate. If, if they're not going to put a team down there, they might as well just get a massive rivalry happening down there, um, just like the interstate clubs have. Because I think they would love it in Tassie, and they'd get a lot of money um, and revenue uh, generated if those two clubs continue to. Yeah, that's play down true. There. If there's split, if there's split supporters down there, why not do it? Um, speaking of supporters, so this game had seven thousand one hundred ninety-four people at the game. Which so is poor. Poor, or is this a, just reflective of Are a te- stadium that can't fit too many more people in it? No, there was it was. Well, how much does the stadium hold? I think it's only about fifteen. No, it's bigger than that. It's definitely bigger than that. I'm, I'm certain it's bigger than that. Well, we'll, okay, we'll look at it. But look, yeah, you, you looked that up. Ronnie you looked that up. So the other thing, when the big thing out of this as well, obviously you spoke about Brown, and I completely agree. But that white Brown combo oh. is just unbelievable. It's, I mean, it, it is ridiculous. So they got nine goals out of the two of them, which is like Kennedy Darling, isn't it? Well, that's it. Those those two combinations at the moment are fantastic. Um, so we'll keep talking about North. I mean, Jacobs again did a number, so he has got to be. You know, I wonder whether he makes all Australian. I mean, he took Shield out of the game mm. for the first half, and then he went on Callum Ward in the second half, and he did a really really good job. So I, look, I I really really like North. I think they're a really really decent team. We tipped, um, we tipped them to win. We tipped them last week as well. We've been right on North throughout the year, and I was really impressed with their game. They're really nice spread of scorers as well, which is great to see, and what wasn't necessarily a massively high-scoring game, but still 112 is decent. Whenever you get to 100, it's always good. Um, 
but yeah, that combination, as we spoke about, was really, really impressive. Lord Higgins was good, but the, the highlight for me was Jed Anderson. I thought Jed Anderson was fantastic throughout the game. I considered him for the heat check, but got another couple of players in mind. But 26 disposals, 10 kicks, 16 handballs. And, you know, he was really, really solid throughout the day. And you know, he kicked one goal. He had a couple of other chances. He dished off a few. So, But um, DeMont as well is going to be a really good player. One goal, two you know, 22 disposals. He looks like a really, really decent yeah. player as well. So, But Goldstein, too, was really competitive. You know, he, he obviously, GWS have got their ruck issues at the moment. We'll get into that. But I really like Goldstein's game. And it's funny, yeah, last year there was all this talk about, you know, do we do they try to trade him and offload him and kind of free him up? And, you know, he's such a young list. He's not going to be in their flag window. And I'm not saying they're going to win a flag in the next two to three years, but he looks really good. He's really come around and he's lifted a lot better. So... Yeah, I I agree. I'll come back to some of those points. Um, no, no. Nineteen and a half thousand. Nineteen uh, and, and a half thousand. Yeah. So I thought it was twenty thousand. So okay. No, no, but still. So seven. So when you think about half. it, yeah. So that's about where some of the other games. It's not ideal. You still want ten thousand plus a, a game there, week in week out. When I they agree. Play. Um, but when you consider that. 30,000 often rock up to a shitty well, game of the MCG. It, it's a point, and I think one thing I, w- I would say out of this, and we will get that into this in the next game, is there is absolutely no doubt that the Gold Coast Pork game number that came out, the 10,689, it, it is 100% a lie. And the reason I think that they've cooked that number is they didn't want to release that the crowd was lower in China than it was in Tasmania. Mm. Because that looks really poor. Because then it looks like that they're... Well, not looks like. It shows. Shows. Which is something that a lot of people suspect that they're spending... Not suspect, you can see it. They're spending so much money to go to China, which is the the clear motive for that is to get a sponsor. It's got nothing to do with anything else. They'd love to pull a massive um, sponsor over there. And get some money coming to the game through that that sector. But if if, if imagine that if they said, oh, the crowd was five thousand, which it probably may, may, may have been. been. Yep. Imagine if there's two thousand less at the at the China game versus in Tasmania in our own you know home ground. I, I I think that's that would that would have been appalling, and there would have been think pieces and all sorts yep. of stuff around it. So it was a hundred percent a lie. There's absolutely no doubt that that is made there's up. There's nowhere near that. It's not possible there. for that to have been. Like that is, I saw a photo as well, like Gil will say that, you know, they were all out the back and in the marquees and stuff. I saw a photo of an, well, who an can, if ins- inside a, part of the ground. There's no one there. If that's the case, what's the point of going there? If they're not going to sit there and watch, well, if they do, don't televise it on any of the broadcasters. Yeah. Because if they're not there to be seen, then it makes the game look even worse for potential it looks international terrible wannabe players and all that type of stuff. Like, Why not play it in the States? At least you'd get some interested Americans that like that, that like this sort of sport and I don't know, like obviously this you know the States is a separate thing. Like yeah. ESPN back in the day used to have some really good following for AFL and I think there's people that are crying out for it and I'd love to see a game get played in a in an area that yeah. people get around football. Or, or and this is not a racial thing but it's a cultural thing. Playing international games in a country whose cultural identity is more akin to that in Australia. That's not a racist thing. It's it's sports mad countries like the US or a big European country, the UK, even New Zealand. They've tried the UK though. That didn't work. That didn't really work either. I I don't know. I think if we personally I don't think we need to do it if you're gonna do it. I don't think so. Look if you're gonna do it, I think do it somewhere where at least there's gonna be some sort of following to it. It's embarrassing really. I mean there's no other way to look at it. It, And the reality is it's a clear money grab 
to try to pull a sponsor. They would love a port or a Gold Coast Gold to Coast get a massive, massive sponsor from Chinese-based, yeah. you know, sponsor. Yep. So absolutely, they would. Anyway, back to the North, North game. game. Um, look, there's a few other things with it. I mean, I think Jed Anderson. He, yeah, he, I agree. He looked gone, and and he what a what a player. <laughs> Had had some in, incline to play that good when he was at Hawthorne. Then he had some injuries when he went to North Melbourne. Couldn't break through. But he's yeah. been super consistent. And that was it. this is the best game. I just I've wanted seen to mention play. it again really because good. you were looking up the number. But that is that is he was he was fantastic to watch. Yeah. But look, North great great team. I think they look really really good. And you know once again you know Door was a bit down, but at the same time you know look he's he's only just come back in, and it's great to see them winning without him just completely turning it up. So. Let's um, Joy Simkin, I think, was uh, yeah. yeah, young guy. No. He's been playing pretty good football, and he went around, uh, did what he had to do. He's only twenty years of age, I think. He yeah, seventy percent efficiency uh, with the seventeen disposals, kick to goal. So I think I would think they got some really good young players coming through. That, they do. that twenty to four, twenty to twenty four, and we didn't know anything about them because they were playing reserves. Because they had the, those three or four or five senior guys that um, are no longer there, always holding up spots. So yeah. obviously, um, Scotty and the, and the and the other guys that are in that um, coaching committee and, and uh, group team yeah. group, they knew what they were doing um, when they started to offload. I think so, and it, that's the thing. I think that's as, as harsh as a lot of that was. That's um, that seems to have been proven. That they're, they're clearly, I think, one of the better middle rung teams, and yeah. I reckon they're a real chance to make the eight. Yeah, and I've scared most teams that they play in that. Yeah. If they play finals. I know it's a long time away from finals, but nobody's going to take them easy. No, I think they're a legitimate chance. But um, hats off to Jared Waite. I thought he was completely baked. He's 35 years old, and, you know, to kick that amount of goals and 63% efficiency, like he was 22 disposals. Like, Seven marks. Wow. He, he was outstanding if you missed this game. Yeah. Um, watching those two alone go go just dominate in the, throughout the game was impressive. And, and he moves, the and second half, Brown was amazing. Too, and he's so. really happy to move up the ground too, which opens that forward line up to a Brown, which is disgusting when you think about it because if weight being as agile he is, he's not Buddy-esque, but no, he no. can still do a bit of run up on the wing. Um, and have that size of body, you can't run. Nobody on the wing can run with that. And no. then you, you double team in the forward line with Brown, and defenders don't know where to go. So yeah, oh. they've, they've, they're really smart at how they're structuring their, mm. their setups and, and just knowing what to do against different teams. I mean, Brad Scott, as an example, like he, he was saying earlier in the year that he thinks Wade's playing the best football of his career, and people thought he was psycho. Like they were mm. like, what are you on drugs? Drops. Like he's like a thousand years old, but it, he's been really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. Sur- and some, there's been some amazing mature players this year. Like again, we'll get to him, but McVeigh was again really, really good. Like it's oh, the all Australian back line is full of geriatrics. Grundy, and <laughs> <laughs> but it's basically a retirement home. Yeah. So no, look, I think well, let's let's keep moving because I think we we want to keep going. But let's because yeah. GWS we're going to need to talk about for a solid amount of time. So GWS, look, if you didn't see this game, the score at half time was actually they were closer than you think. So again, it's like one of those score lines. Where it, especially over a hundred, it looks a lot worse than it is. So GWS were in front, weren't they? Well, they were in front. Yeah, yeah. so that's what I'm saying. So halftime scoreline seven five seven ten. I think North had a little bit of momentum towards the back end. 
Um, but then three quarter time score, 14 8 to 8 11, which yeah. is Ben Brown, basically. Ben Brown. Yep. yep. And then in the end, you know, they just held them and, and just kept going. But GWS, I mean, let's 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 sort of park it for a second. There's some games here where we, we, we don't want to keep spending too much time repeating ourselves and going over the same points. So I want to talk a bit more bigger picture stuff. Are GWS a massive chance of missing finals? Yep. I think they're a ve- I think right now, if you had to do your eight for the final eight of the year, I don't see how I put them in. I really, really don't see how we put them in. I mean, they cannot hold the weight of the pressure of these outs. They have so many outs and they're not going to get a number of these players back for a while. Green's a chance to come back in the next couple of weeks. You know, they're still, they're waiting. Scully's next year, basically. Or, you know, maybe he comes into the finals, but that's if they make finals. I mean, it is getting really disastrous now. So, look, we haven't tipped GWS for the last few weeks, but... I mean, I, I didn't say I thought they'd you know potentially trump us one of these times, but it, it is incredible this fall from grace. So three out of the last four they've lost; they're just not competitive. So one out of the last four, sorry. So it's it's just looking really really poor. And they haven't got the easiest run coming up. I mean, no, they, they, they play Essendon at Spotless two weeks ago. I said that's a given, but now no, no, not at not, all. Not, not a given now because they're susceptible at home um, and injuries tolling up. And Essendon started to play some good football. Then they play um, Adelaide yeah. uh, away, so that's probably a heavy loss to them. I yeah. would think. And then they have the bye. Yeah, which they'll win. Yeah, they'll get that, yep. and then they've got Brisbane at the Gabba, which is not an easy game anymore. So no, yeah. So they they've got some challenges ahead, and if they don't get some of those players that are on the injury list back soon, and I mean together, because they've got to still get continuity playing together as well. And Toby Green is the big one. They he, they really miss his pressure. He's skills he's a massive out and just knows how to kick goals mm. like Cameron's getting his two but you want someone as dominant as him to be he needs to be kicking four or five goals yeah, yeah. a game to, to have an influence on it so yeah it is I don't think internally they'll be worrying too much and they just oh, know I, as soon I, as I they... disagree I think they're really starting to worry yeah I think they're really seriously starting the to worry the players or the coaching staff are all I think both okay. I think well there's there's look, look at the look at their pitch right so Shield was their best player on the day I think Coniglio was very good and there was a few others there but I think Shear was the best player on the day he's out of contract what if he goes I mean, well, I mean, the fu- the- I mean future wise it, yeah, but even season 2018 like you, you need a lot of these players back now they needed them back two to three weeks ago and a number of them aren't going to be back and again Cam- uh, not Cameron Patton was awful in the twos I, I, I think there's real serious concerns I, I'm not going to you know be too alarmist but I think GWS have some genuine concerns going forward with this season they've had two prelims in a row which is good, a hell of a lot better than the Gold Coast. But as an expansion team and as a team that's growing and, you know, you need to see results in a market like a a greater Western Sydney, we've lived there. We've seen that it's growing, but it's going to take time and and a flag would seriously help raise the eyebrows. And, you know, this week, it was only, I think it might have been two or three weeks ago, but GWS passed... 20,000 members I think it was it might have been 25 but I'm pretty sure it was 20 and Sydney just passed 60,000 so yeah massive I mean, difference six, which, which, obviously this one's been there for a long time and you know we, I'm not remotely saying that they've got to catch up to 60 but at the same time they've got, one thing, con- they've got to continually grow no doubt about it but one thing that would really help them grow massively would be if they were able to sneak a flag in this in this era now and early on and be able to do that so I, I don't know. I, I think I'm not going to be, again, not going to be too alarmist, but we've 
raised concerns about GWS for really a month now in a row. Yep. So it is starting to become concerning. I, I, I oh. want to see a lot more from them and have a look at who GWS play next week, which we'll get into in the preview. But it's, yeah, it's well, they've not got, a given. No, no they've, got, they've got Essendon and Essendon, obviously. And we went through the runs. So. Yeah, so... Yeah, look... Even if they, even when, if and when they get these players back, they're still a long way off. Yeah, going deep in finals. I, I, I think personally. The other thing too is like going. Sorry, I man. just think even if they get those other players, these injuries are going to keep coming. Well, the, I and think that, it's going to be too late by the time half of these yeah. players come well, back. I don't, this season's uh, moving quickly. We're nearly halfway. Yeah, and but I just don't think they're just all going to come back, and there's not going to be any more injuries. Yeah, the the the, the load on these young bodies and it's a team full of young bodies. Yeah. Has um, capitulated. I think, uh, as I said, they can't hold the pressure of the outs. No, clearly. But I think all AFL teams need to be very mindful of the the training load that they put on their younger players. Yeah, just going to get into that yeah. because the huge these bodies are still growing, even though they might not get taller. All their bone and, and ligaments and muscles and all development. So if they start hitting the weights really heavy. Um, and doing a heap of running, the amount of people that probably don't do enough backwards running for and all these calf and hamstring injury is because those back legs yeah. don't get um, utilized the same way as the front part of your quads. No. And you tell me, and if there's anyone in the, the depths of AFL teams, go and find out how many boundary umpires do hamstrings and calves, and you'll find that very rarely do any of them do it because of the mm. amount of backwards running they do. That's just my opinion and my thoughts as being an observer, but yeah. you were worth looking into. But uh, yeah, look, it's not season over by any stretch of imagination, but it's be, getting be, there. But be concerned. Yeah, like, if, they, if they if they don't win three or they four, need to win the next few. They need to win two or three out of the next three, three. Easily. Yeah, easily. Yep, because agree. The, and, and the reality is, like everyone kept saying, oh well, GWS have got so much depth. They clearly, unless there's an incredible turnaround. They clearly don't have the depth that everybody's been saying that they've got. And a lot of these players that people really rate, I don't think are as good as they've been rating. Look look at the list. So Taranto, 19 disposals, one point. He was okay. Whitfield, I thought, was relatively poor and non-committal throughout a lot of it. He's, he's, do you keep playing Shaw? I mean, Shaw had a really yeah. poor game. It's getting to the Stevie J territory of he's keeping a kid out. But then yeah. again, their twos have been poor too. So what do you do? Well, that's the other thing. The, I mean, you can say, oh, yeah, they've got heaps of depth because of all these high draft picks and whatnot. But so many of them have never played senior football or only a handful of games because they couldn't get into that first team for such a long period of time. It's no yeah. different to any other club that doesn't play their youth. Well, the problem is Carlton and a lot of other teams have taken a lot of the quality players out, out of that, yeah, uh, that depth. back class. Yeah. And mm. now, now that I don't think that depth is necessarily there. No. So looking at it, so just looking Go at back. some of the stats, Shield, 24 disposals, 10 kicks, 14 handballs, 12 tackles. The next best, Coniglio, 25 disposals, 11, 14, so pretty good, 5 tackles. Yep. Then Hopper, 24, 12, 12, 2, 5, so pretty good tackles. So that's kicks, handballs, no, marks, tackle. No goals out of them. No goals out of them. And then it drops massively. So Haynes, 16 disposals, and then it drops from yeah. there. So the only one in terms of purely just looking at tackles, Shield, 12. Everybody else, two, two players got five, and then a bunch of them got four. So I, that often you know, indicates the, you know, the, the, the toughness of the contest and the, and the ability to push throughout the game. And I, I, there's some serious concerns with GWS. And we'll get into St Kilda, but as an example... You know, a lot of Saints fans were like, oh, well, we, you know, we beat GWS last year and what's happened? You look at GWS now, that draw, going back to that now, that was not an achievement by St Kilda to draw with GWS. Because guess what? GWS are, are a run better. 
a middle run side. Right now, right now though, on yeah. paper, right now, they are clearly a middle run side. I have to say that. You can't not say so, it. And yeah, I'm you shocked can't... to say it, but they are. Yeah, we can't talk about ifs and whats and muts no. and babies if they had their best team. Guess and what? babies. Yeah. And babies, yeah, yeah. and babies. Because um, <laughs> if you put full lists all together, like every team had their full list, the whole game season would look completely different. So yeah. um, I'd still think West Coast are on top and Adelaide probably be sitting second. Um, but yeah, look, there's, they've got to learn to win without these players. Simple well, as that. You know, that's, they're professionals, so they should be able to do better than what they're doing. That's it. And there's, you know, there's been some good signs. You know, like Finlayson, he got 14 disposals at 85 percent efficiency. Like there's, there's some decent players there. But he couldn't I, get into the team two years ago, and that's the big problem. And you've, so, you've hit the nail on the head, and that was where I was going. Was that there is this gap now of this. Think of it as Class A and Class B. And Class B are these kids that have been pushing and pushing and pushing. And half the time they've been kept out. They've been playing at a lower level. They've been getting lower level experience. So they're playing so when they come in, yeah, yeah. So when they come in at AFL level, struggle town. Mm, so I, I, I think a number of these players, your Himmelbergs, a few of these other players are, are struggling. But yeah, because they've been... Yeah, because they haven't had that exposure where no. they should have been getting that exposure two, three years ago. But um, well, after that, two or three years in the system, it is yeah. what it is. Though there's only it's not necessarily GWS's no. fault. You're obviously going to play Kelly over a Finlayson or somebody like oh, that. For as sure, in, as not not like they're necessarily like for like. But you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. But, and at the end of the day, um, can't take credit away from North. They just were a better, much better side on the day. That's it. And the the the, the, the whole like, we we speak about this all the time, but. In terms of the big forwards, you know, you cannot... Modern football is so different now. You can't rely on Cameron to kick eight, ten goals. I know, no. obviously, Ben Brown and Wade did that, but, but that's not going to happen every week. And two, it didn't happen last week. And that's two of them kicking four and five. Exactly. Cameron, yeah, if he's kicking four, someone else, or th- until Patton or Green or another forward rocks up, then the next rung of six to eight goals needs to be spread between another forward midfields. and midfield. And midfield. Yeah. So as an example, to make that point... Hopper, two points. Coniglio, one point. Shaw, one point. Taranto, one point. Whitfield, one point. You need to get two goals out of one or two of those players, Absolutely. ideally. And then they're much more in the game. Yep, they get that puts pressure on the team. And Completely. They know, they've still got an unbelievable good midfield list on paper still. It's good at the moment. Yeah. It's not great. They need to kick, if, they, if they kick goals, it gets them back into almost great. Well, the, the, and the other thing too, and what was clear out of this game, was GWS misrun massively. Like, they looked exhausted by the end of the game. Coniglio tried his heart out, and a number of them were, were good. Yeah. But you look at the, Devin Smith, they miss him massively. He was massively. outstanding in the Essendon game. And then without Scully, I mean, they, they are struggling. Yeah. They are properly struggling now. And we flagged it last week and said if they lose this game by sort of 30, 40, 50 points... We need to start getting into GWS, and they lost it by 43. Yeah. So this is it, it's something now where the alarm bells are ringing. They need to beat Essendon next week and beat, beat them well. Yeah, beat them up. Well, they need to they need to seriously perform. So, I mean, looking into it, you look at GWS's percentage, 102, which right now is kind of that middle of the rung. It's not terrible, but it is going to start to get worse. But if they lose to Essendon, Essendon... Um, except for the fact that they've got a draw. Essendon are almost on par with them Yeah. after 10 rounds. So, well, yeah. And you, right now, right now, we're in um, round nine. Sorry, you go. No, I was going to say, 
at the start of the year, a lot of us would have thought that'd be right. But sitting further up the ladder, both of those teams. But yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. So, but looking at it now, though, so JWS have won four games. This is now we can start getting into this. So JWS have won four games. You ideally need to win thirteen through the year, minimum to minimum. make finals. Yep. You ideally want to aim for fourteen or fifteen this year. Fourteen, bare 15, minimum. Yeah. But then at the same time, obviously you want to get you know seventeen, eighteen to get your double chance. But that said. GMS need to win a fair few more games and we're in round do, nine. They're basically going to do a Sydney from last year. And they're going to play some decent teams. Yeah. So I, I, I think there are some serious concerns. I, I don't think this is a no worry. I think this is a real worry. But we'll see. But next week's going to tell a lot. It's one of those games that's going to tell a lot. How much they beat them by or lose by will tell a lot about their season. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Next game in Jaina, we had Gold Coast Suns lose again to the Port Adelaide Power. 82-42, 6-6 to 11-16. Power by 40 points. Uh, just just shows the, shows the immaturity still of the, the Suns. They let that margin just blow out in the final quarter. It was hanging around. They never really got in front. No. Um, except right at the start. But they kind of kept it within two, three goals for a lot of the period, yeah. for a lot of that game. And then just the floodgates were left open in the, in the last quarter. And they just fell over. That's it. And, I mean, you look at it and... Look, the, the one thing I would say about the crowd is that it was raining. So it was raining through sections of the, of the game. So I, I get you don't want to sit necessarily in the rain, obviously. But, and the conditions... It's not like the Adelaide game, though. That, that It looked like the ground actually was half decent and it did look like it was draining okay. There was a flat ball at one stage, which was just sort of add to the comical nature, nature of it all. playing in, in China. But it was just it was just really poor standard. Like Port, again, it's sort of like the first game. You know, Port did what they had to do, as people say, that you know, the, the yeah, cliche. cliche. But it was it was just a poor standard game. Like there was really very few highlights out of it. The Power Pepper goal was quite good, but it was just it wasn't much to see. I mean, I took a lot more out from Port than I did from Gold Coast. So we'll start with Port because they, they won the game. They won the game. I mean look, for me first big highlight was that Rockcliffe is starting to give serious flexibility in that side. Yep. And he's allowing Gray and Wines to go forward, which gives them so many more options. So you and I spoke about in the in the off-season that Rockcliffe should be able to do that. And obviously he had a few niggles early on, but he's cleaned those up. He had some good effort early on, and now he's really, really come good, I think, clearly now. Um, and he just gives them so many more options. So I, I think Rockcliffe's a, he's a seriously good player, and he adds a lot to that side. So... Yeah. But there's not too much to take out of this. No, game. but just like going to comparison against the um, the Giants. So between Travis Boak, um, Pal Pepper, Rockcliffe and Wines, they had three goals and almost 120 touches between them. Yeah. So well, that's what we that's need what, to see out of the GWS. Yeah, sector. that's what you want. For, that's what I was yeah. saying. Yeah, the midfield that takes so much pressure off your forward line. Massively. Um, obviously the the. Either it's a strategic thing or um, it's just the way the na- nature of the game goes. But yeah. Port Adelaide haven't really relied on a key forward or forward. Well, Dixon was poor again. Gang, yeah. one, two. One, yeah. two. So they're not, their forward lines aren't kicking massive bags, but they've got so much flexibility. As you said, Rockcliffe adds another dimension into that. Well, he frees um, them up because he, 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 you put him on ball yep. and you play him through the engine and he allows so many more options to open up. Said, Their yeah. game plan's totally changed and then now, Wing- which is good. Wingard and Gray, they both had a couple of goals each, plus Wingard, almost 20 Wingard touches. Wingard was so. really good. And a couple of those he could have kicked as well. He, he could have got four or yeah, five. Yeah, two, three. So. So. Yeah, they, they, um, They're still a good in, side. Still inconsistent, though. So 
I mean, I still think they're going no, to play no, finals, yeah. but... Um, I think just. I think they're going to finish yeah. eighth. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be where I thought they would be at the start of the year. No. Um, they'll be on the second half of the top eight, or bottom half of the top eight. For yeah, me. I, think, I think they might just sneak in. They're one of the better teams in the middle rung. I don't think they're in the top rung, but they're definitely no. in that sort of middle team. But look, Boak was excellent. One goal, one, 29 disposals, six tackles. Like, he was really solid throughout the day. Um, you know, as we spoke about Rockcliffe already, Pollock was quite good. But yeah, look, even Bonner, like a couple of their kids are quite good. Jonas, I like as well. Westoff looks all right. You know, Wingard's just such a such a great player to watch. Uh, Gray kicked three points. He looked like he could really have torn the game <laughs> game open at one point. But that's the thing, as we spoke about, with all this diversity, and um, they're playing a modern style of football, which is great to see because modern teams have the ability to you know throw so many different options offensively, and they've clearly got that. And it, yeah. it, it's great to see because they they look like a good side. Yeah, and um, players like and Jack Watts, who wasn't outstanding, but he played his role. He kicked his goal, yeah. um, got it into the forward because he's such a, an elite um, disposal, um, yeah. especially by four. Uh, yeah, he's just doing what he needs to do. Didn't ever do that at Melbourne, though. No, he's a previous Nahas medalist. You oh, know, he's, yeah, that's true. He's, he's, um, we he's, almost called it the Watts medal, didn't we? We nearly called it the Watts medal, but no, he's he's been a lot better. But um, look, it, there's not much to take out of this. I mean, it'll be really interesting to see how Port Adelaide play next week, given they've had the travel and it was really humid over there. So it was three or four days before the game. It was like 38 yeah, degrees. Both, like it was properly week, both hot. Both teams got the week off. Oh, that's of course yeah. they've got the bye. But even after the bye, it'll be interesting to see yeah. how they pull up after that because they're back over there for a bit. So, but look, I I don't know. I, I think the the reality with this game is it's it's it, it it's a it was a poor standard game. In a lot of ways, it should have been a much bigger margin than 40 points. Gold Coast were, were pretty poor on the day. I thought Harbrow was good. I thought a couple of them were good, but there really was not much to look at. No, they've they've got to look in. I think they've got to look internally at each other. At the hamburgers. The hamburgers. Yeah. The get getting sinking or. Yep, yeah, he's got to leave from the front a bit more. I think. You reckon? Nah, not too. So, I think no. I think each of the players need to internally look at um, what they want to achieve, um, both personally and as a collective group, because they just do not look like a football club again, well, which is really disappointing because they look like a footy club at the start of the year. Yeah, and and it's not it's not good when I think their wits was good and and Hall and Holman was alright and even Ainsworth was okay, but when your best player is nearly thirty years old in Harbrow, yeah, there's a young side is concerning when we said that that'd be the biggest I mean, concern if he's constantly your best player not good enough then that's something wrong just time yeah. to get rid of do a rehash of the club player wise and offload some of these want to be AFL footballers yeah and, and the other thing too is that again we keep saying it every week but they, this highlights it again they miss Lynch so badly so not no players kicked more than one goal every single Go. player kicked a goal so um, not everyone that would have been good but no yeah <laughs> Now, the ones that did kick a goal, so Weller, Rosa, Miller, Heron, uh, Bowes and Wits. Couldn't pick most of those guys in the lineup, But, yeah, look, I think it's a concern that this club is, is in struggle town and that both the expansion clubs are not looking very good. It's... Um, yeah, it's glaring, and, the and it's becoming is, a concern. Yeah, yeah. Again, going on with the goals, they can't score. So the previous three rounds, they've scored forty-two points, seventy-seven points, and seventy-two points. Yeah, that's uh, not going to win too many games. Yes, they've got their injury concerns, like a lot of other teams, but really, there aren't big names on there. Not a lot. Pierce Hanley, Lynch. 
Yeah. Rossa. I, mean, I don't know any of the others. Well, they're all, as you said before, you wouldn't pick much of them in a line. No, they, well, they, they don't look good. Whether they add to your structure or whatnot, but again, they're not big names, by so they... As an example of what you're saying, I mean, so Gold Coast had one mark inside 50 for the game. That's fantastic. That's, that's great, isn't it? One. One to nine. So, look, it, it wasn't a very good game, as I said. The inside 50s, you know, not great. Shots of goal, 27 to 12. Just Port is so much cleaner, so much more efficient, and so much more skillful. That's just the reality. They're a rung above, and the 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 damaging thing or damning thing, sorry, for Gold Coast is that Port are, are a top middle rung side. They're not. It's not like they were playing no. West Coast, uh, you know, who were clearly right towards the top. You know, I, yeah. I, this should have been, been a lot worse. Should have been a lot worse. So they probably take a little bit of solace out of the fact that they didn't get belted, and they were in it to a degree for three out of the four quarters. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Stewie Jew is going to be happy about that. No, but. Um, some of the supporters maybe I think as well to some degree Port took the foot off the gas slightly too because they had them covered so Gold Coast didn't score after half time which is sickening I mean so at the end of the first quarter 4-2 to 5-5 which is not too bad Port ahead second quarter 5-3 to 6-9 not starting to not get very good end of the third quarter so not after half time after three quarter time 6-6 to 8-14 and, and then, then it scoreless. stayed 6-6 yeah. Yeah. scoreless in the, in the final quarter 11-16 so they piled it on a bit in the end but Port didn't really need to put the foot down too hard. It, yeah, look, I think it, it is a real concern, this club. And if Lynch goes, which I personally think he is going to go, I, I think the offers he's getting from a number of these Victorian clubs are, are very good. Yep. Um, we had somebody tweet us during the week, where do we think he is going? I didn't get a chance to respond. Um, so the main rumoured ones are Hawthorne, Richmond and Collingwood. But I'm sure that Carlton, St Kilda, they all would have asked the manager's question. St Kilda are throwing everything at him. Well, they've got a lot of money in the cap too. It wouldn't be the worst idea. So a number of them are putting the the thing forward. But, you know, if I'm Freo, I I would do the same. I'm sure there'd be probably seven or eight clubs that are... But the notion is he wants to come home, back to Melbourne. He's a a Sorrento boy, so he's going to want to come home. So I I, I think he's going to go to one of those bigger clubs. And, yeah, look, (laughs) it doesn't say much for the game when... I mean, what, what are Gold Coast fans meant to think when one of their best players, if not their best player, oh, yeah. and you can argue pretty strongly that he is, yeah, goes absolutely. over there and, you and know, he's... Captain and co-captain. Up, and... Well, they've made him captain and, you know, he see you later back to Melbourne. I mean, it, if it keeps happening, and Sydney are able to hold a lot of... In fact, people want to go up there. I know you can't compare Sydney to Gold Coast, but that said, like, it is starting to become a glaring concern. Yep. Absolutely. So um, the AFL at, the, at this point in time we've got two, two big concerns, and they both revolve around uh, the Suns. Yeah. That is, a do the Suns stay where they are, and b do they continue with the China experiment? Well, I think if it blows up with with Evans up there and with all these AFL big power, but, blokes, I, but, yeah. but specifically AFL, AFL blokes. Yep. If it blows up up there, I I think the the, the best done everything decision, they can, yeah. The best decision would be to, to put them into Tassie. I think it would be the best decision. Yeah, we know it's not going to go to Tassie. It'll go somewhere else. Well, it'd be good if it did. Yeah, but, it would be. I, I mean, don't disagree. I think they should do, do it. And, well, and the AFL tell, do. And they, the can clubs, tell, they can tell North Melbourne and Hawthorne to go stick it up their proverbials because well, it, it'll... Surely, if it's going to work in another state, it's going to work in Tassie. Which it, I, I, they need their own team. I think it was embarrassing that, that I, I like GWS. I think that was a good idea. I think Sydney does need two teams. Well, they've got the population. Uh, there's five million people there, and the west of Sydney is very populated, and it's not as 
NRL heartland as people think it is. There's definitely, um, you know, look at some of the, the West teams. West Tigers have, you know, shit-ass members result this year. A number of their teams aren't doing and that well. Inner, and they're inner West anyway. The exactly. Yeah. Bain, Bain if you don't know Sydney so. that well, so they're a, they're a team in, in the West and they're not doing particularly that well. So, look, there, there is a bit of blood in the water in terms of, you know, league in Sydney. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, you're always going to have your Sharks and, you know, your Roosters and these teams and Manly and all that sort of stuff. But in terms of West, it was a smart decision. Um, Gold Coast, I, I, I don't know. I, it was a clear, I think, grab for the Chinese market, you know, and I, it was an ob- obvious, you know, thing around the China game. And they only let Port do it because of, you know, they said, oh, if you're going to do it, you need to involve Gold Coast. So God, Port would much prefer to play a decent side over there and turn it into a good game. Game, yeah. And that's part of the problem as well is that, you, you know, it, it, look, it's a lot of money that's going in the bin and, you know, Mark, um, not Mark Evans, uh, Fitzpatrick, sorry, was on um, Open Mic last week and he was saying that the expansion clubs have already paid for themselves with, you know, the amount of money they're making and all that sort of stuff. Even if that's the case, if the AFL has that much money, I mean, that's crazy in itself. But either way, I don't think we need to be throwing it in the bin. No. And that... No one throw it at women's football. Free agency. Well, that's a, that's another a great that's a great call because that that would be a much better investment to see AFLW get proper grounds, better facilities. You know, all the teams, proper all that pay, stuff. Proper pay, obviously pay too. So look, it's we can we could really deep dive into but we that. Won't. But that's for next year. Another thing too, you know, in terms of best player, we're talking about Lynch. Another one that you know in their captain that gets talked about a lot, and Stephen May. So on the day, sixteen disposals, fifty six. Percent disposal efficiency. He was not, not very good and no. not good enough. And and the reality is, it, it's starting to become a massive concern with these guys. So I don't think we can take too much more out of that. So let's get into the next no, game. Surprise absolutely. of the year, I would say. Essendon Bombers beat the Geelong Cats eighty four to fifty by thirty four points. Yeah, unbelievable. And and the first thing straight off is where has this been? Because you can really look at it two ways. Great to see from Essendon, no doubt. I'm, I'm absolutely not trying to piss on the fire. No. But that said, it's concerning that this has come up now and this Neil shake-up and everything that happened around Mark Neil. Are you serious? Like, now now you're turning it up like, I don't know, this list is good enough to make finals last year and they should they should be much further ahead than they yeah. are. It is, a, it is a concern in, in a lot of ways that you can look at it that way and say, well, now they're turning it up after, you know, Worsfold starts to get angry in the presses and, you know, they change their, their mode of attack and, you know, they, they remove Neil out of this situation who was apparently basically the, the Chinese whisperer for Worsfold. So apparently, you know, half the coaches weren't able to get me- clear messages to, to Worsfold. I mean, wh- why was that structure... Wh- how In what... Why was it allowed? Was that possibly allowed? Like Mark Harvey's been a senior coach. Why is he possible and a very good senior coach who got shafted? He was a decent coach. He had, a, yep. he had an average side at times as well. I know he had some very good players there as well. And Ross, you know, ended up getting into the grand final. Whatever. I'm not going to go down that path. But he's a, he's clearly a good football brain. Clearly knows what he's doing. He's very highly rated from from people that I've heard in the industry. They really rate him highly. How is he having to go through a fence to speak to Wilshire? I, I think that's ludicrous. To me. So, Especially considering he's bomber royalty. That's the other thing. He should just go, Mark Neal, piss off, mate. Well, so yeah. let me talk to Woosh. I mean, anyway, but look. But anyway, yeah, look, it's just as a side note, we just wanted to kind of go into a little bit. I mean, it, it is a, it is a, a crazy scenario. That, that happens all too often. Like when a coach gets sacked and the team then they up, all of a sudden kick it up, and it's like, turn it up, really? People? Well, if you like him, why didn't you play for him? 
But, so we'll yeah. go through the team that won first, uh, Essendon. So, I mean, clearly tackle pressure was back. It, basically, all yeah. the things we've been saying about Essendon were back. So they were playing modern football. So the handballs were way down. Kicks were up. Tick. And how long have we been saying that for? Weeks. Long time, long time. Um, Round one, they, basically. Yeah, they've, I know we went off them for the last two weeks, but I still had a little bit of faith that they would finally figure out what the game plan was and work as a team. Yeah, well, we kept the saying disappointing, that. Not disappointing thing. The funny note, though, is the three best players that have been the three best players f- during these last month or so were their best three players again on the weekend. Yeah. Consistent. Um, Zaharakis, um, Heppel. Heppel and Merritt. Those three have been fairly consistent all year. Yeah. Um, but it's the likes of Tip and Woody, Tip and Woody uh, was much picked up. Obviously, getting four goals um, from McKern. McKern helped yeah. a massive amount. Fantasia was Fantasia. Back. Having Fantasia back and getting his um, games under his belt has definitely helped a lot. Helped a lot. But uh, I, um, I'm I mean, still not convinced it's going to threaten because of that. Well, the not fact the that, games that will have dropped. No. no, no. So, but great signs for them to be at least competitive for the rest of the year because they came up against Geelong who have been very good all year. They've been a decent side and that, so competitive. Let's highlight that. So the, the reality is you look at a Carlton and their issues, fixing those is, is, is like you know much more work. Like we're talking, that's it basically. We need to bring in, you know... The, Asking your first year a mechanic apprentice to, to put to, it, to, to undo an engine you know, and then put it back together again without any help. Yeah, yeah, that's a good... I was trying to think of an analogy. <laughs> there's, there's one for you. But... The, the issues with Essendon were, were being competitive, were tackle pressure, were... Just simple things. Simple things half the time was linking in a modern sense between your mids and your forwards in terms of a variety of kicking to handball ratio, not over handballing and constantly getting choked in the centre. Like they... I think they were playing a much more modern game and it, it just seems... It seems... It honestly seems ludicrous to me. I literally wrote down in my notes, where has this been kneeled question mark? Like, it is just... It's shocking how much this this turned around. That, you know, the defensive pressure from Essendon was significantly better in every category. Basically, everything we've been saying was reversed. They were significantly better. I mean... One other thing, Absolutely. just before we get too deep into the, into the football side of it, another thing too was that Essendon, no media the next day. What is going on? Like, I, I get this whole... So, Wusher was criticised for being too sort of smiley and happy after getting, you know, dominated every week half the time. And then now he's just become, you know, this, this sort of, you know, Popovich sort of asshole guy now. And it's like, well, mate, you don't have the runs on the board either. I know, obviously, no. West Coast, but that's years ago. It was years ago. This is like two decades, or over two decades. Well, hang on, not two decades. Yeah, two, no, not oh. two decades, but a while ago. It's 12 years ago. 12 years, there you go. I got there in, it's the, a dozen. in the second decade. It's a dozen years ago. We're getting towards the second. <laughs> We're making up stuff. It, no, but I mean, it's more that, yeah. But it's more that, like... I'm sorry, but it just seems like it seems their communication has been strange all year, and I'm just really sort of confused by. It. I think they've just been really rattled by the situation on field, and I think they thought they'd be a lot further ahead than they were. So, look, we'll keep, keep going I, into Essendon. Yeah. I mean, just t- just before we no, no. go back into the game, I still think there's some underlying issues back at house it has with to the be. admin. And I think that's why there's this weirdness going on in front of camera. So, yeah, look, we were not going to know about it until probably the end of the year, if well, at all. Um, is he getting mixed messages from the multiple heads at the club? Man, people, has he 
is there multiple Mark Neils out there within departments and he and Wusha just doesn't know what's going on who knows who knows we're never probably ever going to know the real truth but um, it's good to see well, it's, but it's concerning though in, in that like he's played so the coaching group forget about Neil the, the group because there's other people there as well that are accountable for this it's not just yeah. Neil this group has coached this team to play a style of football week in week out that does not, not work, work. Yeah. it was Bullshit. It was we said mode. week after yeah. week, this is bullshit. And we went into why it was rubbish over and over and over again. So their ability to swing, their ability to spread, their ability to connect through the mid to the... Hit targets. Offensively, you know... Nowhere so their players are doing move Glaring to. things. Yeah. And it took too long for it to switch around and they may have blown this season up. That's the concern. There's a big chance. Yes, they could yeah, probably do a miss- Sydney and run, a run on. I think they actually potentially are... are Deep enough to be able to do that, but I, I'm not, I, I personally don't think it'll happen. But they might. But the concerning thing is that it took so long for this to switch around. And yes, Geelong were poor, but they weren't horrific. No. So that's the thing. That's not like they were like embarrassingly bad. And we'll get to them because you obviously and I agree. There's one sec- one area that they we, just we need can, to tighten up in. Without and when a they doubt, get that fixed, then no doubt about it. And and no, we'll we'll definitely go deep into Geelong as well. This is an interesting game. There's a lot of talk. It wasn't a great game. It was a good game. If you know, thought it was a grand best final. thing in the world. Yeah. But it was it was a good game. But it definitely wasn't a great game. But not from a spectator view. No. No, but definitely not. We highlighted some of the scorers before, but I thought Bagley was excellent on the day. You know, Hepper was huge. Merritt was way better. Um, Devin Smith was impressive. Obviously, well, yeah, we said in the GWS ridiculous. game. Wow. Freak. He, 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 well, that's know, where it was. As you mentioned, you look at the tackles, the top six tacklers, or Essendon. Yeah. I think they had eight of the top ten tacklers um, throughout the night. So. so We don't normally go into this sort of stuff, but I guess when it's all time. So Devin Smith actually broke the record for metres gained throughout the throughout the game. That's so, massive. Look, this guy, you know, I mean, there's there are some... We kept saying that this is fixable with Essendon. And that was yep. what was so frustrating is week in, week out, it's like, mate, we're two amateur guys that don't work in football. We have two totally different careers. We love the game. We watch a lot of us, obviously. But that said, like, I mean, how can they not... How is it taking them this long to switch it around? I mean, right. everyone's been saying it. It's not like it's just us either. No. I don't know. But it's... it's Look, they were, they were... Hats off. They were clearly a lot better. But it, it is really, really, really strange that something like that happens in, in Neil. And then now, all of a sudden, they look so much better. Even Goddard looked a lot better. Yeah. He looked baked last week. We were like, he's cooked. Like, that's it. And we'll go into it in more detail in the uh, the preview, but, geez, it uh, opens up their game next week against GWS. Massively, yeah. Even Stringer looked better. Like, last week, half of these players looked absolutely finished, and it, it, it was just an incredible win to turn it around like that. So, yep. let's, let's go into Geelong. I mean, look, poor day. Ablett. I mean, he he's clearly injured, so there's clearly an issue. Clearly rushed back. Clearly rushed back, With, without a doubt. Just, he looked sore. I mean, he didn't look. He had no confidence in no. his body. What did you think? Did you notice that as well? I mean, I yeah, thought he looked really sick. Again, this is another game I listened to on the radio because I was travelling a fair bit over the weekend. Um, sounded like he, had, I mean, sounded amazing out of the blocks. But then whatever niggle he's got uh, after quarter time, he sort of was non-existent. So I. And I don't understand the need to rush. I get, I get it because he's a superstar. I was a superstar. Was um, a superstar. And can be a game changer. But when you're playing decent footy, 
and there was no real need to rush him back because you weren't playing. They weren't playing a top poorly, of the team. No. They weren't playing poorly, and they were playing Essen, who had been playing poorly. I would have thought the less changes to their makeup would have been better going. So I, I think, thought it was funny bringing him back anyway. So I think they thought percentage booster. Oh, I think they thought right. let's let's let, so teams with on their knees. Set, yep. They came in overconfident. They thought, oh, we, we can eat. We, they they trained for the style that Essendon have been playing over the last four weeks, which has been very poor. Yep. And as soon as Essendon, two minutes into the game, I wanted to change my tip. Literally, within two minutes, two minutes. I was like, Essendon are going to win this game. Yep. They look so much better. better. Their tackle pressure was better. It was it was like they'd just been injected with something. Oh, oh. Oh, really? Whoops. <laughs> but, <laughs> the old tongue there? But no, they, really. like, jokes aside, no, but they, they were very, very good, Essendon. But Geelong were... Look, I know I said they they you know they were... They weren't horrendous, but they, they definitely were non-competitive through sections of the game, which yep. was pretty concerning through sections of it. But there is a couple of glaring things that we want to highlight. Scott Selwood clearly is a, is a massive in to that team. With him out, they struggled. Yep. And I actually think we've said this, I don't think we've actually said it on the podcast, but he, he is such a massive out when he's, he's not there. And I, I just think at this stage of the year... The game is, and we say this all the time, the game is closer than people think it is. And yes, Heston have had all these issues, but they're fixable issues. It's not a Carlton or a St Kilda issue where it's pretty much mental next year. and mental and, you know, for some of the players. Yeah. Like it, it, look, for me, uh, the big thing is that they've just got to fix their ruck situation. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the things we want to talk about. So and they get, not, not a ruck, no, no, but just please. before that, Cam Guthrie is probably due back after the buy rounds. It's a shame they didn't have him because Ablett shouldn't applied yeah and I think that's probably the only reason um, he comes back but yeah look where's Menzel Menzel he's yeah these injuries to Menzel and Henderson well Henderson hasn't played all year so that doesn't really matter but they yeah Menzel and um, I thought the defense was actually not that bad the defense is is still doing okay I mean what did the Essence score like 86 points it wasn't a massive scoring game no they let a lot more goals through than they normally would but they they, I actually but to keep the team under 84 so no it's that um, that really hard nut um, defensive mid in Scott that they are missing but more importantly um, they've got to get someone that can ruck and ruck consistently for them doesn't need to be dominant ruck just needs to be competitive and consistent because Blixar's now is too important in the back line yeah. and I think he's going to stay there well, he's signed a five-year deal, and I think that's what they want him to do. They want him to be this Johannesson type that runs it runs it through the back center of the ground at six foot eight, which whatever is, about, is which is there. which is yeah, great. I, I love it. Um, but look, let's 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 go deep on this. So I think the big issue. I mean, so there's the the, high, the glaring thing is that they've got two Ruckmans and not in Zach Smith and Stanley, and neither of them are able to keep their spot. The spot. Yep. So that's a concern in a little bit because you'd think with two guys there that they'd be constantly... You know, look at Bell Chambers and Ryder in the past. Two really quality Ruckman that were always pushing for, for the spot. Spot, yeah. You know, uh, that in itself seems strange. You know, these, these mostly AFL players are pretty competitive beasts. You'd think, well, one of them would surely want to just work, work, work. And secure gym, your spot. Gym, effort, effort, effort to just try yeah. to knock this guy out of the park. And Geelong have shown that they'll trade Ruckman. They did that to, to West Coast last year um, or the year before. But yeah. regardless of that, I, I think, look, 
they're getting smashed in the ruck. Bell Chambers smashed them. And I think people have been reading Geelong's deficiencies offensively wrong. I think that the people have been saying, oh, this trio of the, whatever it is, the Danger Woodlet, this stupid name. Yeah. That's the, that's the issue. I don't think that that's necessarily the issue. I think the ruck is more the issue. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes Smith, sometimes Stanley, sometimes Smith. There's no consistency through it. I don't so think the midfielders can read, read them half the, the time. time. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I think this is the thing. So, there's been a lot of commentary around, oh, the woodlet, whatever it whatever. is, is not necessarily working clearly. But I think a big problem is if they imagine if they had a Nick Nat or an amazing Ruckman in there, but even they would be incredible. Just a, I know just they, a competitive, they don't grow on trees, but, but still. But just a competitive one. You, uh, yeah, around the ground. Your Sinclair's, your McAvoy's, your guys in their curvers. Gone. <laughs> no, he's an out and out superstar. He's a superstar. <laughs> but the other ones that no, are second tier. Second yeah. tier, third tier, these rucks that um make their mids look probably better than they are because they just do enough around the ground. Yeah. While the other ruckman might get ten or twenty more hit outs and, and, and look better on the T V. It's those little deft touches and those little blocks and, and maybe moving forward to kick a goal that Geelong's ruck don't seem to be able to do yeah. consistently enough. Consistently enough. Week in, week out. Week in, week out. Which is all you need. You just need to because of this new rule where it's like no third man up. Now, if I was either Smith or um, Stanley, I'd be paying my guts out to be that number one key ruck because nobody's going to have a list of rucks sitting on their um, list anymore like no. they used to because what's the point? They didn't need a backup ruckman. And and the reality is now they've made a clear distinction, as you said, to play Blixar's behind the ball. So it's not like they have to compete with him now either. I, I don't get it. I, no. I think it's really strange. So they, they've got to get that right if they're going to play deep into the finals. I still think Geelong are going to win enough games. They've got, I think they've got Carlton next week, so I'll win that by a long way. But I think even even with the deficiencies, that's the thing. I think that you know sometimes you can cover it, but the big thing is Essendon applied a lot of pressure and they had Bell Chambers. They've got Carlton next week, don't they? I'm just about to look at no, that. No, that's yeah, right. I think they it's, do. Look, it, it's. It's an issue that yep. I think the cats are going to... It is them, isn't down, it? Yeah. Down it's at, down in the down category. GBMH. GBMH. GBH. GBH. Chugs. Now, look, it's big concerns <laughs> for the catters. And I think they've got to start to get this right. And if I'm Chris Scott, I'm pulling my hair out thinking, you morons. Like, you've got... There's an AFL spot here. Yeah. In a club that is almost certainly going to play finals. And, and if, if we they, get this right, it could go deep in finals. And if neither so, of them are willing to take that next get stuff, level, then. get stuff. I'm surely there's a, a young, young one, young guy playing in the in the Magoos that Yeah, there's a couple of possibilities which we can talk about into the preview because that, yeah. that'll take a bit longer. But I think if there's any ruckman on the market that are any decent at the end of the year, wow. That which? if we had mid season trade. Well, <laughs> no, he's, he's... Well, imagine if they got him... They wouldn't have the cash flow to bring him in, surely. That would be obscene. But anyway, so let's... We'll keep moving, but I don't think... Look, Geelong had a bad day, and a lot of them had a bad day, and, and they just and got... Surely they got Essen, flared offensively. And surely Essen were due a win. They were due a win. Due a win. We yeah. say this all the time. You say... If you watch football like, like we do, I'm sure many of our listeners do, you know that certain teams can only lose so many games before having a win or win so many games without having a loss. They're just It's inevitable yeah. uh, at, at some point. If they're showing some type of spirit, which... Essendon have in patches for the like if you look at the whole game they've been poor basically all season but in five minute patches here and there they've been really good obviously they were very good against Adelaide yeah. at the start of the year but um, 
Yeah, look, I think there's a lot of upside for Essendon after this game. I yeah. think now they've got that belief that they can win games, so mm. they'll they'll be super competitive throughout the rest of the season. Yeah. I don't think I agree with you. I don't think there's much concern in Geelong's camp, except for that ruck deficiency. And, and I think they just don't know what to do or how well, to fix it because they probably haven't got a distinct remedy for it. It's like, oh, I'm just going to have to keep playing one or the other. Yeah, we'll get it. In, we'll go into it in the preview. I was going to bring up another point, but that'll take too long. We'll yeah. definitely talk about that in the preview in terms of who they can bring in. Hawkins, you know, a lot of criticism came onto him. I actually thought he was okay. Um, so three goals, one, 80% disposal efficiency. Actually wasn't that bad. 20 disposals, but... There's a reason he's got those big, broad shoulders. Because every time Geelong have a shit game and he plays, he gops it. Yeah. And he has it's, to carry it. It's it's hard. I mean, I think, look, I, I get the criticism of he doesn't look like a modern footballer. You know, you look at your Ben Browns and some of these other guys that are a lot leaner. But that said, like, what's he supposed to do? It's his build. It's like, his build. It's exactly. actually, it'd be very difficult for him to lose that bulk. It's, and be, um, it's not like his weight or anything like that. You look at his, his stomach and he's, he's pretty... He actually has lost... Fit. Well, he's, he's lost they have dropped six weight off kilos him. over the last Yeah, I think it was like four or five or something like that, which is yep. good. Well, probably over six over the two. But, yeah, look, I mean, going through the stats of the overall game, I mean, there's probably not too much to deep dive into in terms of just specific uh, Geelong players. Uh, I thought Duncan was pretty good on the day, and there's, there's a few others, but we better keep moving. But in terms of overall stats, you know... It was even through sections of it, 71 overall for both teams for disposal, but contested possessions, 149 to 138. Uncontested, what, 250 to 223. Uh, yeah, look, marks inside 50, 13 to 4. So there's clear engine issues when you're only getting four marks inside 50. Yeah. I, for me, I mean, it would be great to have Guthrie and a bunch of these other guys back, but I, I think Ablett needs to go forward and stay forward. I think he needs to be... Yep. I, know, I know what they're doing. But you have a Murdoch or playing, Murdoch Goller or someone like that playing in the mid a lot more. They need they need somebody to lift because I, it, it, I don't think it's working. And I hate to say it, is the game going past Ablett and possibly at his age? Um, it, it, it's I, I don't want to call time on it because he'll probably come out next week and get 40, but... That said, he, he is starting to become a bit more predictable and starting to slow down. But the big part of it was he looked very sore. And he's yeah. got to get his body right before he comes back into the into the first. So next game, SCG, Sydney beat the Dockers 111-52. to 52. Sydney by 59 points. Not a game that was particularly worth watching. Um, this unless was, you were a Sydney supporter. Unless you were a Sydney Finally supporter. Finally got a home home game win. Finally. Well, they got two now. Two at home, but they've lost a bunch as well. Yeah. Uh, Buddy, 3-1 was really good. 19 disposals. Good to see him back. So he wasn't playing. And then he's playing. Yeah. So that was weird. Um, but look, Sydney, we'll start with them. Look, great. Again, Kennedy was solid. You know, he's had a few issues, but he was really good back. Jake Lloyd. Uh, Lloyd. Little gun. McCartan looks like he's going to be the better McCartan. Um, Hayward, Uh, Heaney. I I thought Lloyd was outstanding. Can we just go back to McCartan for a second? Please. Of course he's going to be a better player. He's playing at a better team. Well, he's playing games. Yeah. So my heat check for the week, Jake Lloyd. So we've, I've nearly <laughs> given it to him. Well, let's we'll do a double heat check. Ridiculous. So forty-one disposals, twenty-six kicks, fifteen handballs, eighty-five percent disposal efficiency. So kicked that, one goal, had four score involvements. Yeah. Uh, took fifteen marks. He's a freak. Fifteen marks. One He's only insane. one contested, so he got a yeah. lot of lot of ball on the outside and a tackle, which is yeah. not akin to his. What the game he was playing, so that's just no, one clearance. Um, nine rebounds, so he plays off the half back, yeah. And um, had nine rebound 50s with two inside 50s, so just an all round great performance from a guy who's only about 20 mm. and small in stature, so he's under six foot, he's only 180 centimeters. Yeah. 
Um, and only 79 kilos, so he's starting to get that midfielder-style body where, if people don't really look at to this, the last two digits of your height in kilos is usually the ratio for a lot of, especially midfielders. So if he's 180 centimetres, 80 kilos is the sort of the mm, um, mm. Um, sort of weight division that they want, they want to play at. But yeah, look, it was a good game for a Sydney fan. You know, there was some really nice pressure from the defence as well. Rampy did what he always does. Yeah, old mate Ronk didn't kick seven, but he was good. He still got his goal. He was okay through the game. Uh, Florent, I thought, was impressive throughout it as well. McVeigh, as we mentioned earlier, you know, really good. Park is doing his thing. Cunningham, you know, they've, they've got a really good side. But um, I don't think we can go too much into this. They did what they had to do. Free or clearly a mid to a bottom rung middle side, middle um, you know, ranked team. Team, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm happy to move to Freo if you are. I, I think Fremantle, they have a lot of issues. I mean, offensively, as we've highlighted over and over, and we won't go too deep into this. Because, yeah, they can't score. Well, so their score at the end of... So quarter time, 3-3 three, three to four points. 7-4 to 1-7, which is absurd. absurd. They're terrible. Basically the reverse of their score. 11-6 uh, to 2-9, and then 17-9-7-10. So Frio didn't look remotely like it at any stage of the game. And as we've said repeatedly, if they were to get a Hogan or a Lynch or someone like that, some you know, they, they, they need targets desperately because this team offensively looks one of the worst in the league, if not the worst. They look, you know, aside from obviously Carlton's. Yeah, well. so I'm just going to read out some names. Walters, Sandilands, Langdon, Ballantyne, Fife. Name the forwards in that, in that, in that list. Well, that's the thing. The mids. Yeah. Your Ruckman's well, kicking they don't have, Walters. Well, they, they, yeah. they literally don't have targets. No, so again, I brought up the issue with McCarthy. McCarthy was poor too. He's One great, point. great at home. Doesn't know how to play it's anywhere else. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's concerning. Um... And that I, th- I worry for Fremantle bringing that type of football outside of Perth everywhere. Well, the problem is we highlighted that yes, they've got a lot of games at home, and we thought maybe they are a sneaky chance yeah. just to sort of sneak into the eight. But and then they, they remind you how woeful like they this, are away. Exactly, and that's the thing. And they won't necessarily win all their home games. It's not you know even Geelong are a decent side. They're a better side than Freo, and they've lost already home games. So mm. I, I don't know. I think Fremantle are in for another long off season. How long? I mean, the concern too is it's hard not to look a bit more bigger picture, but we'll definitely put Freo into the breakdowns of some of the teams that we do in the um, buy break. But I think Fremantle, a post Sandilands Fremantle, is oh, really, that's really concerning. Scary, really concerning. Yeah. It's still got so many players out. This, well, actually, not not big game players, but um, no, but. There's teams with worse injury yeah. lists than them. I mean, Freo just butchered the ball. It's a concern. It's a massive concern. They don't look very skillful. No. They don't, they they literally look like as I said they look like a bottom of the middle rung now. Yeah. I think it's 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 a they're not they're better, a better team than you Carlton's and stuff like that, but but too much still too much reliance on Neil and Fife. Fife. And Fife was down. He's clearly playing with an injury, and at least the club came out and said that he was, but they won't tell us what it is, which is, you know, that seems to be AFL at the moment. Um, but the scoring ability is obscene. So, we, again, we won't go too deep into it because there's not much more to say, and we've been saying it for three or four weeks. We've literally yeah. highlighted it for over a month that it's starting to become a concern, 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 and now clearly it's a massive Massive concern, concern yeah. Overall stats, 138 to 130 contested, um, uncontested, 128 to, uh, sorry, 183 to 234. 
Marks inside 50, 12 to 9. I'm surprised they were even able to get 9. It's probably midfielders trying to do something with it and get mm. caught. Um, tackles 63 to 34. So Freo actually won the tackles, but that's because well, they were chasing the, most yeah, of the time. The ball. Didn't have the ball. Didn't have the ball vast majority of the time. Tackles inside 50, 12 to 4. So that's the thing. Inside 50. Gee, that's yes. offensive pressure. Significantly better from Sydney. Sydney. So 12 to 4. So that shows they were locking it inside 50 significantly more. Um, look, yeah, not great. And I, I think Fremantle, they've just got a, they've got room in the cap. And they, you know, you've got this window with one of the better players of this generation in Fife and you know Neil can play and if they can keep some of these guys great but they, they've got to throw every dollar at, at some targets and try to get some decent players to come in because this this they, they don't seem to have you know McCartan's not going to turn into an animal or McCarthy sorry no so, not at all and I'd be I'd be fishing at your neighbour's back paddock well that's the thing if you can get, get imagine if you can talent. get a gaff or, yep. or a shuey or someone from, from that side to really assist Fife that would be incredible mm. maybe Fife becomes the target he's a, he could be an incredible full forward he's, he's got yep. high he's a serious player Ken, one of the best well best, contest, mark, best contested mark of all the midfielders yeah. in the comp maybe that's your option I don't know but if I'm Fremantle I'm starting to get pretty concerned and uh, yep. you know I'm not going to go too deep into the whole, and you know, I don't think you'd want to either. I'll, I'll throw it out there, but the whole we've spoken about it last week, but their off-field concerns, whether that's affected it now, I don't know. I don't think necessarily, but it's you know, it may have had some effect, but they they, they didn't even look remotely like it, and who knows? Maybe it is time for a fresh voice as well. The big problem is they've signed Ross up for years still, so yeah. which was a big surprise. You and I both were like, "Wow, that seems." Wouldn't you give him like a two or three year? Like, who? Maybe maybe there was another team that was going to get him. But, but who cares? He doesn't have a flag to justify staying there. That's well, that's the thing. As harsh as it is, he's gotten very close. He's gotten as close as you can get with a draw. But that said, it's not. It's still not a win. No. Yeah, and friends, Saints had the momentum that then back into yeah. that game. But and anyway, couldn't get it done when he was at Fremantle. Oh, well, I was at Fremantle. Yeah. So as well. Yeah. But anyway, look, no. let's we'll keep moving because this was there was not a lot to take out of this game. Sydney are a really good side. Yeah, I think Sydney just state their state their claim as another top four. They're in the top again. rung. They're in the top rung. I think they're at the bottom of the top rung, but that that doesn't matter. They'll still get there. They'll they might get a home final, which would be fantastic. But yeah. the great thing, uh, the big takeaway for for me with Sydney was that they with Buddy ironically with Buddy being out, it actually forced a lot more accountability offensively. And I think a lot of the and obviously you can't expect Ronk to kick seven every week, but a lot of these guys stepped up over the last month with Buddy gone and, and really, really, really improved. So that's great to see and it's a nice spread and you know Buddy getting around twenty possessions is great because he you know he assisted on the wing and, and really really helped out. So he's he's obviously an amazing oh, player and you can throw him horse around. would be super impressed by getting great three numbers, goals from yeah. um, Langford and Kennedy, a couple each from McCartan, Papley and then singles from Haywood, Hewitt Heaney, Lloyd, Parker, Ronk, Sinclair. I mean, that's spread across all lines almost. Yeah. So, yeah, you'd be impressed with that type of um, output and spread of goals. And again, just to highlight your point too, I don't have the number in front of me, but it was around sort of higher, mid to high 20s, and it would be when you look at the stats. Um, we could sit and work it out, but it would take too long. But in terms of going to Buddy, Buddy yeah. the percentage was way down, which is which is what it needs to be. So it was at a much more healthier percentage. So that's yeah. great to see. Yeah, they look, they look really, really nice. Nice, nice spread. You know, one 
you know, right from Sinclair all the way through to Buddy. You know, there was just some some seriously good scoring um, potential, as we just highlighted before, with um, you know that forced accountability, which ironically I think is probably prob- that could be the ticket that that pushes them forward deep into the finals yeah. now. With a bunch of if they if they can get the consistency Sincere. out of that second tier, absolutely. Which um, I think they'll get now because they've had some, looks like it. With well, we have Hanbury with Hanbury and um, Franklin out for a number of weeks. Mm. They've been able to play. That's some the crazy guys thing. Mid- Hannes is coming back. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they're um yeah, very good side. They're a good, very good side. So very hard to beat. Um, I don't know about you about anything else. We we'll keep game. moving. I we'll think. Keep moving. All right, Saints, Saints and Pies. Pies. Yeah, so Saints was the were, first half? were four. <laughs> Next game. Like- Next game. So 172, we, Collingwood beats St Kilda by 28 actually, points. It's actually not becoming a joke anymore that we say that. Oh, Saints game, let's move on. We keep moving, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 10, Carlton, 12, so again. Oh, again. <laughs> so St Kilda again didn't kick 50%, so 10, 12. They haven't done it once this year. Uh, oh, just as well, Essendon won a third quarter. Where are we? Another tick, so that was the first time. Cheaters. Um, 15, 10 to Collingwood, so again 50%, over 50, really good. Look, this was an awful game to watch. This was aesthetically not particularly pleasing. If you're a Collingwood fan, you would really have enjoyed it. But I, I, I think everyone has basically said this game was pretty poor. Um, look, there's not a hell of a lot of takeaways, especially at this stage of the year, getting towards the halfway mark. St Kilda have issues that I think are harder to fix, especially with the cattle they've got. They don't have the cattle that Essendon have to be able to genuinely turn it around. I'm not going to... Gonna, we don't want to surely go over the exact same points we've gone over with St Kilda week in, week out, about yeah, the, I mean, butchering the, the ball and all the, that sort of stuff. The injury list is quite significant for this team. For this team, yeah. But it's it's not going to change anytime soon. They're all fairly no. long-term injuries. Um, the, the bright note for St Kilda uh, out of this game, mm. it's their highest score since the draw. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's 72. Massive. Interesting, wow. So you're starting to Jeez. put some scoreboard pressure on the team. Mm. And the fact that you were basically in the game for the first half. Yeah. And then it was very dismal after that. Yeah. Um, I mean, not, not Three great. goals to eight? Yeah. Yeah. It's not good enough. I mean, I think that, you know, clearly how he keeps playing, as in Alan Richardson keeps playing Billings, I'll never know. Um, he's he's clearly not good enough. Choice, they, they, they they really need to start bringing in some other kids. And if, if people can't hold their spot, they can't hold their spot. You know, I thought Billings was relatively poor on the day, but um, yeah. Look, I think St Kilda. It's next year for for the Saints, and I'd like to nominate a, a Nahas medalist. Before so, you before you do that, oh, okay. Do you know Collingwood had five players that had the pill thirty or more times? That's yeah. insane. Well, that's that's their midfield though. They have one of the better mids Far in the game. Around. Nahas medalist. Yeah. David Armitage, who is still going, fifty percent disposal efficiency with eight disposals. That's it. He had eight and couldn't, four kicks. couldn't hit the target on fifty percent of them. Oh, four of them, four no four good. Of them. <laughs> four kicks, four handballs. Where are we? we? No good. So I, I mean, yeah, he he was doing okay in the twos. They brought him back in. He's become a bust. Yeah, if gonna, so there's, there's an Ahas nomination. He, absolutely, he needs to go and hang out with his mate. And this is a great day. Maverick Weller, big fella, had, had nine touches, but he went at, at least eighty eight. Yeah, yeah, You'd so expect with such a small amount of disposals, he'd be a bit better. But probably, he's probably only played about two games. Hasn't Speaking he? of the twos, did you see that Nathan Freeman's done his shoulder again? The Collingwood player who used to be. I heard that. Oh, there sorry, was... there's St Kilda player that, that wasn't Collingwood trying to keep up with this guy. 
switching teams. Switching teams. And wow. didn't, didn't uh, another didn't Collingwood lose another player? As yeah. Well? So let's pivot to Collingwood because there's. I mean, look, if, if you're a Saints fan and you want to hear more about you, St Kilda, you just want to kill us right now, wouldn't you? Well, Saints, we are going to do. No, we we will do a deeper dive into yeah. them. But we've been speaking about in, as it's a separate episode. We'll do a team week, thing. Yeah. But it's we're literally talking about the same things every week. In terms, you know, their ability to switch is poor. They do not know how to they, kick goals. Their, their ability to spread is poor. They take the bait defensively constantly, so the the forwards will drag, drag the defenders out. One of them will pop back. It happened constantly. So look, it, it's it's it, we've spoken about it literally every week. So let's just move over to the Collingwood um, for Solo. So yeah, he, he's a person that had the injury. So second yeah. quarter, and it looks like it could be out for the year. Yeah. So which is it, massive loss. Well, yeah. I mean, other teams will come circling for him, definitely. I'd imagine. So yeah, yeah. The the word about him is that conditioning has been pretty poor. Pretty poor from him. That that's what so I've probably, heard. Yep. I, I don't want to you know throw him under the bus, but you, you I have heard that from a few different people that he, he's just not putting the work in, and I think they wanted to give him a go and just see how he would go. go and, and yeah, no, no another injury, but an unlucky injury though. He got his leg caught underneath a secure player. I forget who it was. But... Yeah, it was an unlucky injury. Yeah, but at the same time. Time, you know, it's just he's he's had so many injuries yep. over and over and over and over. It's it's starting hard, for, hard for him to come back and play AFL. You would imagine so, but look, going through it, you know, nice spread of goal kickers spread. as you point, yep. pointed out, which is fantastic to see. Pendlebury's clearly, I think, still elite. Um, How good was he? You know, it, it didn't matter. Like Varco's been really good over the yep. last four to five weeks. It didn't matter that he was a bit down. They, they've got enough spread. Wells. Wells good. Only come back was his second and third game. He's kicked a couple of goals. Exactly. Had, had, had some influence on Oscar the Oscar and Elliott, really solid. But obviously the big highlight, Phillips was good too, but the big highlight is, is to go. So yeah. six goals. He was straight. He was huge and six flat. I mean, you know, there's all this talk this week about his contract. We try to not talk too much on contracts because it's it's all so speculative and we're not going to know till the end of the year anyway. And then we will cover it when we and do Buckley, know. And that's it. And Buckley but, came out two or three weeks ago and said, um, yep, he's doing well, yeah. but... He's got a lot of to give back to that club with the faith that they've shown Well, that's shown what him. I said last week, yeah. and you've said as well separately. But yeah, oh, no doubt he's raw talent. He's a classy player, but the numbers the, I'm hearing he, are obscene. He's not balancing no. the the ledger just yet with the um, stuff that he's done in. Not at all. No, I mean, he, I don't. I think he's worth. I think if if they offer him a five five fifty contract, I think he owes it to them to at least for this contract. Yeah. Given how much they've stuck with him, if he runs away to a north or someone like that that's offering, money, that's a scary thing. And apparently the Saints, the Saints are in it as well. So ironically, they're playing them. So that's if it, look in some respects. I mean, who am I to say? Like if a, if a, if a company came along and, and poached me from the company that I work for and offered me that much more money, I, I gee, it'd be hard. Do exactly the same job. Yeah, exactly, it'd be pretty hard to say no. But at the same time, I mean, I, I, I it's hard because sports got that side of, of you know the fans want some sort of you know. I think there'd be a lot like you know. If he was to sign, I think most of the football public would be like, you know what, good on him, and forget about the dog thing and all the jokes that go on. I think most yep. people would just think, you know what, good on him. You know, he he gave the club back, and hopefully he's he's a, and don't you know to sign like a ten year deal or anything, but sign you know for two or three years. Two or three years. Anyway, that, and that's, and that's, that's the thing. Opinion, if you think you can get more money out, it is a business. To sign for two years on yeah. Five or six hundred thousand, and it's going to become more of a business as time goes oh, it is, on. Absolutely, it's going to. It's. I think enough. Well, we spoke about just before um, when we were having dinner that the, the reality with you know free agency, all all these guys that are out of contract, none of them have signed yet. No, so yeah, although, I'm sure there'll be one or two, but and nor should they. And that's the way people are finally understanding the Dustin what, Martin method. Yep, just let his it, price went up, 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 up. Yep, 
and just let it play out. Who cares if you don't sign any more? It's, it's free agency. That's the nature of the beast and the smart way to do it. On both sides, it's not just the player. The um, clubs, they might get someone with a long-term injury. If they pay them a massive contract yeah. and they don't get a return on investment, then it's pretty bad on their behalf as well. Like, I think so. Fortune. So just let it play out. Let them do it. Then it is some players... And their um, managers will want to get it done mid-year. Who cares? Just let it be. I don't, I don't think it needs to be that well, big of an issue. Well, that's why we don't go year. into it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's, I'd love think, to talk about it, but then it's just all hearsay. I think it's all hearsay. It's fun to chat about, but I think a lot of it, you know, we don't get too much done. So we'll keep moving, but I think, look, Collingwood, clearly in that middle rung, they're looking good. They're getting the wins on the board. They don't, they're not letting too many games that they should win. Like, you know, there's been times in the past where Collingwood would just drop that game that they just need to win. Yeah. You know, so they're, they're losing to Geelong's, but they're winning against the Saints. So that, that's good to see. They're clearly in that middle rung. I think I still think Bucks and his team are coaching quite well. Yep. But I, I think they're going to be very much in that, and they might just miss out this year purely just because I think that middle group is so, so tough, tough. Yep. to break through. They might have a bit of difficulty, but who knows? There's a few players still to come back, but... Next game, MCG, just Melbourne obliterated Carlton. Yeah, so just before we go into it, so a couple of weeks ago or three weeks ago, everyone was like, oh, the state of the game, the state of the game. Yeah. You just had to watch Sunday and tell me that the state of the game is in any disrepair. So we're about to talk about... These are pretty bad games. I'm talking about the scores because that's what most people were oh, concerned about. As in and we had like... No, someone I score think aesthetics was a big concern too. But isn't that scoring? Yeah, it is. But we want to look at pretty football too. But I know I see your point in terms of high scores. So yeah, big scoring well, Melbourne games. have had two weeks in a row of massive yeah. scores. And that's also... I, I, we've already talked about Trent and I. The game will just work itself out. That's just what it does. Um, but yeah, like if you're into high scoring games, then... But only for your team. That wasn't a high-scoring game. 50 to 159s, it was a horrific game. It was unwatchable. 109 points is a joke. But it's over 200 points collectively. Yeah, but, but obviously most of the one of the team got that. It was a horrible game. Oh. The big concern with the state of the game, so much of it is aesthetics. And Carlton do not look like an AFL side. <laughs> they never did. Well, <laughs> this year. Yeah, probably not. But that said, I mean, look, this, this was a poor game. We'll start with Melbourne. Yeah. I mean, they obliterated exactly what they did last week. You know, just smash, smash, smash. Two weeks in a row now, they've done what they haven't been able to do for the last two or three and years. Well, yeah, and the, they're, they're smashing the bottom rung teams, and that's good to see. So, you know, we'll wait a bit, but I think at this stage... I want to see them beat, you know, Collingwood's very well. I want to see them beat those middle-rung mm. teams quite well. Yep. Um, but, look, very good. Melksham's become a real player for them. Five goals, fantastic. McDonald, 4-1. Again, we spoke about it last week, you know. They, 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 look at this score, 159. Hogan only got one, one goal, one. yeah. So, they, they've got really good depth. I, I think Melbourne are a big chance to be the team from the middle rung that does break for that eighth position. Um, whether they win enough games and can get towards sort of seventh or sixth, that would be really good result. I don't think so. I think they're going to be right in the mix. I think Port... Right now, I would say Port finishes eighth, and I think Melbourne might finish seventh. I, I don't know. I just... That's obviously... I, I reckon Melbourne are Speculation. Yeah, I, I, I've got Melbourne But I've got to look now. at the run ahead and added up the games, and I reckon it's okay. going to be more like that. But yep. who knows? Gorn... Did his thing, very very good. Yeah. Jones, you know, they, 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 we're not going to go to this game too much because no. Carlton are, are a very very average side, and and Melbourne put the foot on the throat, and you know that they, they didn't really have to do too no. much in order to. And do And unfortunately that. for Carlton, literally they only had Crips for the whole game, 
everyone else was well below par. Well, that's it. And, you know, they, they only scored two goals after half-time, Carlton. So 5-3 their score was at the siren for half-time, and their final score was 7-8. So, you know, Melbourne kicked 15 goals from half-time. So, <laughs> look, they're, they're a long, long, long way away, Carlton. And, and, you know, Melbourne, they're a good side. They're clearly a good side, and they're going to be right in the middle of that mix. And yep. they look good. You know, Angus Brayshaw's amazing. He looks fantastic. Can I throw another stat at you? Um, same age. So these two teams, that in terms of the average age, age that they fielded on the day, was about the same. Same. And one team looks like a VFL at best team, and one team looks like a middle-rung AFL team. So it's pretty concerning. Obviously, the recruiting and everything's been appalling, which we've spoken about week in, week out. So For the Blues to be you know rock bottom in year three of this supposed rebuild is yeah. a massive concern. And a bit like, uh, I think it was the Sydney Frio game. So 89 tackles to 81 in Carlton's favour. Mm. But then 7 to 12 inside 50 tackles, 12 being Melbourne, 7 being um, Carlton. So forward pressure was obviously much greater by Melbourne. Um, in That's that, it, yeah. and, and almost twice the number of inside 50s. So 33 for Carlton and 63 for, for Melbourne. Cat- so that's massive. And shooting accuracy, wow. 74% for Melbourne and 47% for Canton. For Canton, yeah. I mean, look, the, the, that scoreline in the... And the conditions weren't exactly great either. So to get a scoreline like that in these conditions was, was great. So it was the yeah. worst loss uh, Carlton's had against Melbourne in 122 years. It's Melbourne's first 100-point win since round six of 2004. And in between that, they had nine 100-point losses. So I think Melbourne are really starting to learn, as you said at the start, how to belt teams, yep. which is which is good to see. Because, you know, middle-rung teams, even the top middle-rung teams, obviously the top teams do this. Yeah, but you, you need to. to be a top side, you need to put the foot on the throat. And we've spoken about that, and we actually highlighted that about Melbourne earlier in the year yeah. as a concern. So definitely look, not a concern now. No, and the, and the only thing you can really talk about Carlton, you know, Paddy Cripps. So listen to this stat. So fewest games to rack up a thousand contested possessions. So Paddy Cripps did it in sixty-eight games. So he's the number Jeez. one, number one of all time. Well, since the stats were it's measured, measured yeah. Uh, obviously, That's there'd ridiculous. be a few, there'd be a few players, you know, that, that were you know not counted in that. Um, so Josh Kennedy, 79, so that'd be the Sydney Josh Kennedy. Um, 82, Tom LaRitore, 83 games to Nat Fife. 87, Tom Mitchell, 87, Ollie Wine. So there's some pretty decent players there. big names there. Clearly, Cripps, you know, he's going to be an, a mind-blowing player. The problem is keeping him. He's out of contract next year. Wow. And this team looks like a complete busted ass. I don't know. Obviously, they're going to... They'll go... They, you won't, I don't reckon he signs this year. He'll wait to see how they go next year. They'll get Doherty a bunch of these guys back, which is good. Hopefully, they can pick somebody up in the free agency. I mean, if this is the advertisement for, do you want to come to Carlton? I don't think Tom Lynch is sitting at home watching Fox Air going, maybe Catton. <laughs> maybe maybe I go to Catton. Okay, I don't reckon he's thinking Catton. <laughs> no, I don't think I don't. he's texting his manager, Catton. Have you spoken to somebody? You, Brenda you, Bolton, have you had a chat to him? Have you chat to Catton? Because I, I don't. I wouldn't be going to Catton. You win a VFL flag if you go to Catton. No, he wouldn't even do that. Probably no, not. I don't think they're, well, they're, I don't they're, they're not in crap, it, so yeah. no good. No, it's Look, yeah. Geez, I wonder how many, wonder how many teams are eyeing off Patrick Cripps and speaking to his manager, and if he's only got a year left, and he's wow, interesting times. If I'm, if I, I know we again, like it's 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 not been an amazing round through sections of it, and, no. and this is clearly one of the worst examples of it. I yeah, there's not much else to highlight. You know, Murphy eleven tackles, good, but yeah. Look, it, if you're another club and you offer Cripps a million bucks. 
Yeah. Oh, I'm bomb, Cripps. How, how, how can you can say, you say no? no? Exactly right. I mean, if it's a top, top, top club, then you feel the Durant thing of, you know, do I want to go to a top club and look like a... Uh, a, a bit of a rat, but that said, yeah, I mean, well, eventually play, it'll get to that stage. It's not there yet. You but... play professional football or sport to win titles. Yeah, Flags, that's ultimately that's the reality. If so if you get paid to... really well, yeah, and then that's on top of that, you wow, well, would you? Well, look, uh, the, the reality is a Hawthorne or a Richmond or a lot of these top clubs will one hundred percent ask the question, absolutely, and they will one hundred percent offer massive, massive caps, and they'll one hundred percent off a coin, and one hundred percent will offload some seniority. Yeah, they would for that, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I'd throw every, most people on the bin to get cribs. Question: See you later, Martin. See you later. No, <laughs> oh, no, no, but so not much. not him. But you. You'd be throwing it. No, see, you, mate. And I, I don't know what, what he seemed. He's so. The, here's the here's the other thing with with Cripps. Just before we get off this, is he's a WA boy too. He is true. So it'd be fascinating to see if one of the WA clubs were able to lure him back. He apparently likes living in Melbourne, but you know, obviously, we don't, he says that publicly. Who knows if that's the case? Yeah. Imagine, absolutely. imagine if a West Coast was able to get him. Be lock. You lock in the next couple of flags. Nearly. I mean, he he is that good. He's that good. And the yeah. reality is he's that good in a terrible team. Imagine how he would be in a really good team. Imagine yeah. with the maturity yeah. around. Imagine if that happened. Imagine he went to West Coast. They'd yeah. feel vindicated with the whole Chris Judd thing eventually then, wouldn't they? That would be <laughs> unbelievable irony. Especially Imagine that. Flags. Imagine that. If they turned around and that was to happen. You know what they should do at the end of the year? They should say... You can have Shuey and Gaff, and we'll take Chris. How funny would it be if Carlton took the bait? And then Chris... Well, it they, could be a win-win for both of them, really. Potentially. Two very, very good players. But I tell you what, West Coast have the depth potentially to even... Well, Gaff helps them on the wing, and we'll get into that. But yeah. anyway, we're anyway, getting sidetracked. Yeah. So not much more to take out of this game for me. Did you have anything else you wanted to raise out of this game? I mean, it was a massive blowout. Nothing yeah, oh, look, the only thing I'll, is is the fact that I'm glad I picked Carlton when I did because I don't think they're going to win another game for the rest of the year. Mm. Well, the good news is they're not going to do a, a Fitzroy and, and not win throughout the whole year because it no. looked like that at one it stage. It did look like that at one stage. So, so yeah. next game, Which Brisbane we'll probably talk and... about for about the same amount of time because it was another... Oof, and I'm not just saying because I'm Hawthorne supporter. If you actually watched the game, which I begrudgingly ended up doing Brisbane Hawthorne yeah Brisbane Hawthorne wow we um so we're just going to talk about Hodge Hodge and a bit more Hodge um because he did a Hodge to his old teammate yeah uh, and well, actually the structures for Brisbane were very you could tell that they had in Hawthorne Intel run the show because they just knew how to well, stop Hawthorne doing what Hawthorne we wanted to do it. we we thought this this was a loss coming yeah. in the kids, you know, in your Hipwoods and, and, and Rainers, and they, they're there. McCluggage had his breakout game. and McCluggage only gave the um, the heat check. He was yeah. fantastic. And Fagan knew that Hawthorne, where Hawthorne's weak spots were, and they loaded up in the front end with some tall youngs, and they went to town. Do you think Hawthorne... Can I ask you a question here? So half-time, the scores were basically even. I think they might have been literally even. Do you think that... Hawthorne went into this game a little bit overconfident. No, it was no Oz kick, no Hawthorne. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, Next game. <laughs> no Oz no, kick, no Hawthorne. No, I, again, I, again, suffering from the fact that uh, for many years it was the same team on the park at Hawthorne. Yeah. These young kids have not had enough exposure. Um, Caden Brand, as well as he plays in 
VFL, hasn't had enough time in AFL. He doesn't know how to position himself. He's got the body and he can run, but he got out-muscled, out-positioned too many times. He gave away a lot of free kicks in front of goal. Um, and I'm not just having a go. He wasn't He wasn't bad. It's just you can see the inexperience at AFL. At the top level, especially as a defender, with especially the new way their rules are interpreted, um, the Brisbane forwards, who have basically been together for a couple of years now, just knew what to do a little bit better. So... And they've stayed, they've remained confident too. Like Hipwood, you know, he's had a, a lot of inaccuracy issues over the last few weeks and he just kept staying with it and kept staying yeah. with it in 4 3. Yeah, we, he could have easily kicked 6 1. I love him. He yeah, looks, he was very, he, very old good. Oh, Nadal, he looks fantastic. Yeah. And Cutler as well. Cutler Beams. was good. Witherden was really good again. Yeah. I think the, the old timers in Robinson and Hodge were. Christensen and Zorgo. Yeah, yep. Christensen, yeah, now that he's had a number of games back, he's so fast. He's, he looks like he's. Did when he was at Geelong, he, yeah. he's very, very good. He knows when to uh, run past a, a mark and, and get that really quick offload. So yeah, they, look, they just had um, they had Hawthorne covered on all the lines and Hawthorne, just, um, just yeah. needed and wanted to win more. That's the thing. So what do you think about Hawthorne's decision to not really tag Zorko? They did a little bit, but not much. Oh, same reason they Mitchell Mitchell and Zorko just went at their own pace and. Picked up almost 80 touches between them and kicked a couple of goals. Well, Mitchell still so, got 46 and a yeah, loss. That's in, the thing. He still gets so much of the ball. Yeah, look, it was funny, though. A lot of those... Both of them play fairly similar. A lot of those possessions are in and out and just release. With chips. Yeah. And, or, yeah, chips and releases. So they didn't... Yeah. Neither of them really had as big of an impact on this game as they've had in other games. But, yeah, yeah. Um, look... Yeah, look, Brisbane just they they stuck to their yeah, structure. Brisbane, yeah. They just stuck to they they did not allow Hawthorne to go through the corridor at all. And no. I, and I watched it as soon as the game was over. I just started watching how they they set used up. the boundary really well. Yeah, yeah, and and it was just, the, instead of running um, their line, so it was up down up and down. So there was always someone within fifteen meters of each other. This is uh, Brisbane defensive structure setting up as Hawthorne moving forward, yeah. cutting that um, quick inside kick. So. Hawthorne were forced to go down the line under a lot, a lot of pressure. So mm. they just, yeah, they stuck to the game plan and executed extremely well. So I thought they were very good. You and I have talked about it basically all year. A win's going to come. That's the thing. A I win hope. was going to come. They've never not been, I think maybe one game they've been uncompetitive, but every other game yeah, there's been Brisbane a couple, been... but not much. I mean, they're, they're a good side, and we, we tipped it, and we both mm. thought, well, I think I did, I think you just went with the Hawks. But I you, tipped Hawthorne, but, you but I was... for them, but, and also you highlighted this was a massive oh, mate, there was a danger game, game, game for me the, for the week, yeah. For the week, yeah, no. It, I, and, I, yeah, look, it, it's one of those things where they they were competitive for half the game, I, but I still think Brisbane had the momentum. Um, you know, Rayner as well. I mean, he, he is going to be some sort of player. He's 18, and he's obviously so young. Yep. Number one draft pick, but he looks like... I know number one, that's the thing that don't always mean you're going to be a freak, but he he's looks like... He's very, very good, and good on them, good on them, Brisbane, uh, extending his contract when they first could. So yeah. he's there for three years, including this season. So It's great. So that's good. That gives continuity People with People need team. to stay. That's the thing I know earlier... It might have come across like we were bagging out the Suns, but these people have to stay. Yeah, like for these for these teams to work, it, it sounds like the, the the sort of most obvious point, but they have to stay. Um, just on Rainer too, I didn't realize he was so tall. He's nearly six mm. three. I actually yeah, he's thought big he, body. I thought I don't know why he must have been standing next to someone enormous at the draft. He doesn't he, look it. He no. does not look that big, but he's actually quite big. I noticed that during the game, but. Yeah, look, there's a, look, it's funny. Like, there's probably not a huge amount out of this game. I don't think it's panic stations for Hawthorne just yet. I do. Well, what? Only because so how... of 
But they, I think they were over. But that's I, I agree. No, I know what you're saying. But I think they were overrated, though. I think yeah, they were. Probably. Do you know what I mean? Like I think from where they were rated, I think they're more where we had them at the start of the year. Yeah, I think this is they're starting to get more to where we thought, which is in that ten. Nine, maybe, 11 maybe eight. If they, maybe make some upsets. But but the problem is, there's too many teams. So yeah, I, too many. I, teams. I, I, that's yep. the big issue. Is I think they're more a ninth or tenth team. Yeah. Um. But look, Ruffhead was better. You know, there there was some really there was some good things out of Hawthorne. Um. Smith looked really damaging early, but you know, he, he they they did a really good group job against him because I think teams have figured out now if you can shut down Smith, doesn't matter what um it, it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter what Mitchell no. does. Um. I th- think people are gonna look at this game and realize how important um Amira is to yeah. Hawthorne's setup because we couldn't get it. Like, Amira could get it, but without Amira there, then to get it out to the the runners. Yeah. Um, really quickly uh, was a bit of a loss, but no excuses. You sh- like any teams in AFL, you're professionals. These score lines are unacceptable from a fan point of view, and, yeah. from, and none of the players would have been happy either. Um, along with the coaching staff, there was no no nothing to say suggest that this shouldn't have been 129 to 110. I think it should have been much closer. Brisbane were the better team. It should have been like Collingwood. Yeah. That was the Collingwood game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, look, that hats off. Good on you, Brisbane. Um, I think they're going to be... We've said it before. Now they're definitely going to be very hard to beat at the Gabba. I don't know how it's well a, they're going to It's a genuinely travel. hard trip. You know, yeah. as an example, Brisbane kicked 7-3 in the fourth. Mm. Like, they have real decent scoring ability now. Like they actually have decent offensive pressure now. Yeah. It's great. It's really, really good to see. So that was the first last quarter I think they've won or might be the second one. They, they, I think it might be the second one yeah. but that's, that's still it's still, you know And they're able to nullify Hawthorne's um, third quarter which is the first team that's been able to nullify them in the third quarter which has been Hawthorne's damaging quarter this year. So. Yeah. But the big thing as well for Brisbane you know, their pressure was so much better and that, that's, you know, it's we say it all the time but, you know, that, that was a massive reason Essendon were able to be Geelong. It's yep. by applying significant pressure, and you know, in the next game too, West Coast matched Richmond's pressure and they they outplayed them. But um, look, the, the, yeah, there's probably not too much more we can go into this. It's it, outstanding win for Brisbane. We've we've been on them all year, so I know a lot of podcasts have barely gone into them. So we we've been really talking them up quite a lot and gone into their games a fair bit. But I, I think it's great to see them get a reward for all that effort because they've yeah. been so close to winning. A number of games, you know, the Pork game, you know, the Collingwood game, obviously as well. We spoke about before. Yeah, probably going to get Mark of the Year. Well, that that was pretty impressive. Charlie Cameron so. almost took out his teammate as well. Gave him nearly killed Beams, wasn't it? Yeah, knee <laughs> yeah. <laughs> straight in the head. But mm. um, yeah, looked at, again like a couple other games this week. There's not a lot to talk about because it was There is, but it's more bigger picture, picture stuff. stuff. So we can yeah. probably talk a bit more about that into the preview. So we've got one more game to go. Yeah, I think so. Especially Brisbane, big picture in the preview. Yeah, yeah. so it was nice to see, um, you know... Some of the you know some of the the balance of Brisbane's team do well too. Some of the older guys, obviously, and your Hodges and some of these other guys. And but Robinson's game was quite good. I mean, I think he was a little bit lucky to get away with what he did to Sicily. But anyway, um, Eagles was was decent, but obviously not great. But he got his first goal, which was good to see. Um, it's such a crazy story to. Um, Win on a reality show, yeah. Playing AFL. It's pretty, well, he actually, but he, he does not look. He doesn't look out of place. He, he looks generally great. looks like he he belongs at AFL level. Yeah, Martin was good. I thought he tussled with um, yeah, McAvoy, McAvoy quite again. well all yeah. day. I think I don't know who necessarily won out of that. Um, you can I, probably argue McAvoy maybe a little bit, but Martin was still pretty good. It was pretty even, pretty throughout. even throughout. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, Hawth- 
Hawthorne, we'll definitely go back into them a bit more next uh, episode with the preview because we've got a bit more things to talk about. But they'll um, they're kind of longer tangents, so yeah, and it's a bit. And so they don't relate to the game well. per se; they relate Not to the to, future and yeah, what in terms lies of ahead. style and structure yeah. and things. So next game, last game, West Coast Eagles beat Richmond. So wow. clash of the so great, top of the table and um, 130-83, so West Coast in the end by 47 points. And was uh, looking like the game we all expected up until half time. Yeah, it, then, looked, it looked really good at half time. And then uh, yeah, and then the, 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 the Weagles just uh, put the foot on the gas and, um, and kicked away. So it was uh, 7-2 um, West Coast to 6-8 Richmond at half time. Yeah. So imagine if... Richmond had a kick straight and been a couple of goals in front. It may have been slightly different. And then after the halftime, uh, the Eagles poured on 13 goals, 8 yeah. to 6 goals, uh, 3. So, well, Rewalt was really one of the... We'll go through Richmond a bit. I mean, Rewalt was one of the few that really showed up. Um, you know, rank kick 5. You yeah. know, Rance struggles one-on-one. Um, I don't know whether he has an injury or what the deal is, but he looks really off. Um, he's looked off for about a month now. He's had a couple of good moments, and he's had a, maybe a game there that was quite good. But really, from that Adelaide game a little while back, he's he's had issues on and off. I, again, I don't obviously know, but Martin as well looked a little bit down. Um, I, know, I know he still got a lot of the ball, but he just didn't. He definitely didn't look like the player that he was last year. Um, yeah, look, it's. I don't think obviously Richmond have won a lot of games this year, and they're yeah. going to win enough. It, it's they're going to play finals, but. There's some interesting things that kind of come out of it. I mean, they, they potentially need another defender. I mean, the reality is Rance really, really struggled. Struggled, yeah. Um, I'm not sure how Conker keeps getting a game. I don't think he's in their best 22. That seems really strange for me, and I've highlighted this a couple of times. I just don't know how he keeps coming into the game. But, yeah, look, again, Eagles had them covered, and, and they are deadly over there. And having this ludicrous combo of of Darling and Kennedy is ridiculous. Absolutely, and then obviously a midfield that can all kick goals Lecrae as well. Yeah, yeah. Lacroix far out. But so then between Yo, them, they have who was injured and 12. off during the game, and he still got twenty nine one one. Yeah. It's unreal. They are such a good side. It's and a good side. We've been saying this for weeks too. We we both think that the, the Eagles have turned it around so yeah. well. It's oh, it's and I've got, an, I've got another heat check. Yeah, I don't usually have multiples, but um, it's just this guy. We've talked about him a couple of times uh, this year. He uh, much maligned, forgotten about midfielder um, at the Eagles, so Jack Redden. Yeah, so he got drafted. I couldn't believe it. Back in 2008, he's been on the scene for a long, yeah, long time. He's ages. only played, he's only played 172 games, but very most of them would be unnotable. But he's 27, and he had an absolute cracker. 23 touches at 91% um, efficiency, and yeah. kicked a couple of goals. Was in seven uh, score involvements, uh, six marks, and uh, again in uh, four in rebound four. Rebound 50s and a couple of clearances. So he had a really good all-around game. And he's really loving the fact that he's getting heaps of game time and in the mid middle there. Well, with you know, with the two elderly statesmen Sits. coming out of the game last year, you know, Redden and Sheed and Shepherd and a number of these guys are getting so many more opportunities now. Um, you know, they're a really decent side. So yep. Rioli as well is just so clean. He looked fantastic throughout the game. They've really found a... Uh, obviously found I mean Rioli is obviously going to be good um, yeah. 
So Jack Darling's stats, I mean, we spoke about him a minute ago. 28 goals, so that's number two in the competition. Score involvement, 77, number two overall in the comp so far. Mark, 74, three overall in the comp. Contested marks, one in the comp. Uh, he is he's crazy. crazy. Yeah, now, Their stats are ludicrous. And all, all the major things break it down. I know we don't go sort of too stats heavy, but I just wanted to highlight that because he's top three in, in a number of major categories. So, And they seem to have also got a good balance in having two rucks. Lysett seems to be very handy and, and as the, a backup. And the two with, key forwards. They're yeah. doing like North as well. They, they've got these two and Lacrade too. Like they're just, they're, it's working. These all these massive targets. But they're mid field is dominating they're playing very very well so they are so uh, look out for every team that gets to play them if they can work out how to keep winning in Melbourne regularly I mean West Coast will be easily top of the ladder yeah we'll find out about next week yeah next week's going to be interesting (laughs) Uh, Richmond as well you know we've got to start talking a little bit about two wins away I mean they're just not winning away their their deficiencies we'll we'll go into that a bit more in the preview he's having so many games at MCG hurting them absolutely because they're not getting enough variety they played once at Etihad and they've barely played away it's a it's a concern, and I, I get it. Obviously, people will say, "Oh, well, the finals are most of the finals are at the G," and it's like, "Well, they got to win enough games to get them." Yeah, they got to finish uh, second I assume or first, they will, but yeah. they may not. Um, you know, contested possessions one thirty five, one thirty two, so that was fairly <coughs> even. You know, the, the game in terms of efficiency, clearly West Coast had that. Marks inside fifty. You know, you talk about the, the engine that we were speaking before about how good the engine that the Eagles have. Marks inside fifty, nineteen to eleven. So clearly, West Coast. West Coast. Clearly, um, more tackles to to Richmond inside 50, so it was good they were at least trying to apply some pressure. But West Coast matched them, um, and they they did really, really well. And they took took their chances. They they play on. Um, They do a really, really good job at at controlling the ball inside 50 when they get it. So 45 inside 50s and 67% efficiency uh, for West Coast, and then Richmond 58 and only 40%. So... Richmond had a bunch of chances, but um, yeah, they just weren't good enough on the day. And I think Rance got owned. I think that's that the reality. Happen. Yeah, he got smashed. Well, it, it has this year though. That's yeah. the thing. People really massively overrate Rance. He got smashed by Adelaide. He's been smashed a few times this year. I, I don't know. Maybe there is something wrong with him, but he he does not look right, and he's the key defender. He's the pillar down there. So, so just going back to um, concern about uh, traveling, um, you don't need to worry about it too much. Just look back. For the rest of the year, Richmond travel interstate three more times. Once to Spotless, the other to Metricon, and one to Adelaide Oval. So they don't have to go to WA. So that's no, the WA trip going. And then only two more games for the rest of the year and not at the MCG. And they're at Eddie Had. No, so, I know that. But if they don't win enough games and don't get a home But they're not final. even got a chance. You know, I mean, they're not going to get a chance to prove themselves away. Exactly. So they'll need to win those Eddie Had games and the MCG games, yeah. you would think. No, you make a good point. Yeah. So... But I think there, look, clearly West Coast are an outstanding team. Oh, yeah. They had some yeah. very, very good ins. McGovern came back. Um, I nearly changed my tip, but I thought, no, I'll stick with the Tigs. But look, clearly on paper, a few people started tweeting me on um, the Saturday night, I think it was, saying, you're still sticking with the Tigs. <laughs> and they like had pictures of all the ins and stuff, and I was like, oh, 
not yeah, with a lot it. of confidence, but oh look, I've stuck with them through, and they've given us a lot of joy over the last, you know, clearly ten to fifteen rounds from last year through to now. But yeah, and it's not, to, yeah. and it's not like you didn't mention it multiple times last week. Saying, but this was the game from round one nearly. This is the game, and see yeah. how we go for these first nine rounds. If we win most of the games and then go away and are able to be a very good team in West Coast, certainly once it got to weeks two or three, and it was yeah. clear West Coast were going to be a decent, decent side, side this year. So. Yeah, and they proved um, themselves, and uh, yeah, they look the goods. That's it. And I think, look, in terms of deficiencies that, that that Richmond had on the night that West Coast were able to exploit, a lot of it was pressure. I think if you are going to beat Richmond, you have to take top pressure up to them, play their game, mm. play it, it as, as hard as you can, and you've got a chance, and yeah. you're in with a real chance. And if you've got an engine to match their engine... Yeah, and you've got to be able to do it for four quarters. The oh, same pressure no for all four. Because if you take that pressure off, that's when Richmond can exploit you, even in half a quarter, and they'll kick enough goals to... Without a doubt. And look, the, the, you know, I said last week, maybe this is a loss that they deserve to, to have. And, you know, it's one of those things that might actually, you know, I know it contradicts us a little bit what we were saying, but maybe it does help them going forward. With yeah, maybe a loss it does. Like this. Who knows? Who but... knows? It's, it's an interesting game, and it was interesting to see the two teams play each other, but, you know, the advantage over there, obviously, is is um is very good. But, you know, the unfortunate thing for West Coast is that Richmond are going to get, you know, a big advantage, you would imagine, in the finals because the, the games are going to be um, in, in Melbourne, you would assume. But who knows? Richmond got to win enough to get that home final, so that's their goal, and they've got a big chance to get and, that. And um, just tightens everything up a little bit now. There's that's still the only thing. The two, narrative ga- two of, games yeah. between second on the ladder being Richmond yeah. and tenth in the ladder being Collingwood. It's so. almost really good news that Richmond didn't win because then the narrative would have been Richmond are unplayable, they're undefeatable, the Invincibles, yeah. whatever. They only lost that Adelaide game, but I know it was like 30-odd in the end, but they were still in that game quite to their you know, neck, a lot of yeah. it. Um, you know, but it, you're right. That's a really good point. It does help the narrative, I think, of season 2018. Mm. That now there's clearly two to three bigger players that are, that are right in this. And yeah. Really, that that top four is going to be very, very tough to to get in there and get that home final. So. Oh, absolutely. Look, if only because of Melbourne's history, um, you would say that they're the one team in the four that are a little bit exposed from keeping their spot in the four. But the other three, so. the other three are going to be hard to displace. So Given absolutely history, agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Given history, and you think Sydney are eyeing off Melbourne's spot at three, but yeah. Who knows? But um, we'll, we'll keep going. We'll take a bit of a break now and we'll do the preview. There's a few other things we wanted to highlight, but we'll, we'll definitely bring highlight in. them into the preview because otherwise we'll sort of go a bit too long. So thanks so much for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. If you could rate and review us on iTunes, that would be fantastic. It really helps get the podcast out there. Definitely check out our sponsor, hopsterhome.com.au. Check out that special. They're a really, really switched on company. Thanks to them yeah. for their support. And for those who have forgotten, the promo code is just a- our podcast name, AFL Deep Dive. That's and it. You get $25 off your first delivery. And keep hitting us up on social, um, sending funny stuff and whatnot and keeping us engaged. And as always, if there's something you really want us to talk about, um, yeah, send us a tweet or DM us and we'll do our best to talk about it. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. See ya.